Good Boys Gone Bland, Season 6, Episode 7, Princess Diaries 2. I am your co-host, Denali, of California. Oh, uh, <clears throat> I'm your, I'm, I'm your co-host, Ryan, also of, of California. Okay, fantasy world, man. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm your co-host, Jace, from, from Genovia. I know it's weird that I don't have any type of huh. non-American hey. accent. Hey, you don't oh, that's accent, fun. Yeah. yeah, the Genovian accent, which is which is very clear from this movie. What what what's that accent again that they have? It depends. Um, and then and then from the delegation of uh, of another land, we have a, a, another host. Um, please introduce yourself to the court. Hello, my name is Joe, and I am the head of security in Genovia. Oh damn, this guy! Oh, you could shit. have been from Jonovia. Oh, yeah, that would have been good. That sounds made up. Oh, yeah, Genovia is totally, yeah. Genovia is a real country. Well, that was a good shtick, guys. Welcome back to the show, Joe. Hi. Uh, Joe's rejoining us for this season. Uh, Joe from Comics Code of Fame. Thank you for, for coming back and reviewing this this movie with us, Princess Diaries 2. What have you been up to, Joe, since, since you last been on? Like, I know it was kind of a big deal. Um, for you to to be on our show and like have you been kind of like been approached like has anyone kind of recognized you like how has it kind of like changed your life or impacted it yeah i get recognized on the phone a lot for my voice because it's a podcast yeah people i get voice recognized but not facial recognition yet yeah that's 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 kind of thing it's just it's kind of annoying too like when you're when you're talking like to customer service or someone online, like, hey, aren't, aren't you from Good Boys? I'm like, yeah, I'm Denali. Like, oh, whatever, get over it. Like, seriously. Yeah, that's, so, that's exactly what happens to me. I'll, I'll get calls from scammers, and then yeah. they just want to know about what I thought about Speed with Keanu Reeves, and I'm like, Did that, why would you ask me about that? I already talked for two hours about that one. Just ask me about a different movie. There were a lot of cuts, you know, and I could tell yeah. that you talked more than what was in the episode, and I, it was a great performance. They noticed the edits. <laughs> Did Jace just out himself as a customer service rep? What? The, uh, so uh, thank you for, for coming back on, Joe, uh, in our Anne Hathaway season. We only have a couple episodes out right now. I think we're, we're closing in on our, our recording schedule. Um, but have you listened to any of the Anne season yet? Yes, I have listened to Princess Diaries 1 as homework for this. So Thank I, you, Joe. Yeah, it's very... I, I listened good. to that one, <laughs> and then I watched it last weekend, and then I sat through this one. Number two. Oh, I like how you use oh, the oh. words. Loaded well, language. That doesn't yeah. necessarily mean something negative. I mean, you sat, surely. Um, I actually, he sat I, the I whole actually, time because he couldn't get up. He was so engrossed. That's right. We only have a TV in the bedroom right now, so I bought these glasses that have mirrors oh my that God. face this way so I can lay flat in bed and no. watch movies at 90 degrees. Are those it's real? Like way better for my back. What the fuck? Those those are real. Like I always thought those those are like gag glasses, like where you 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 can watch something while laying down. Yeah, and it, the funny thing is, I actually started using them, and they're, it's kind of like they're really stupid, but they were ten dollars on Amazon, and it's the best ten dollars I've ever spent on Amazon. That's the dumbest and most genius <laughs> thing I've ever heard. I bought them for reading books because I was like hunching over a lot, but now I, I can't use them with books because it's too hard to turn the page with like the weird perspective. <laughs> like I tried walking through my house with them and you're just staring at the floor the whole time. You can't see anything but your feet. Wait, please help me with this mechanics. Wait, so you're holding the book perpendicular to your body by your stomach yeah. and you're you're reading straight forward or you well, know, so, flat on a table. Some of these books are like six pounds because they're like 1,200 pages and it's it's really uncomfortable. What the fuck kind of 
Are those comic book textbooks? Yeah, they're just like full runs. So it's like over a year of comics like crammed into one book. Well, I got but pictures in them too. So the words are more spread out. <laughs> but what I'm yes. getting at is when I said I sat through the movie, actually half yeah. of that was laying flat on my back <laughs> watching the movie with glasses. So you said I, I laid through the movie. Yeah, I, um, I laid through the movie. But. Do you think you can drive with those on, like, legally? Like, because if you kind of recline and well, you can probably... Well, the thing is you can. You just have to sit with your head tilted all the way back. <laughs> <laughs> what if you have a booster seat so your face is near the ceiling? So you're you're pretty high up and you're laying down in the car, um, but you're still laid down. I guess you have, like, horse reins to kind of move the steering wheel. Long and steering then like, wheel. Yeah. And then a stick to hit the gas and brake pedal. Is that, like, a legal to do you think i don't i don't you're, know i tried i did they don't have a good nose bridge but i tried yeah. wearing them upside down too to see what it'd be like if you're just oh, staring at the ceiling while you're wearing them also just does, as hard to walk does it work though for for watching tv in bed flat on, my on back, the ceiling it works and that's about the only thing it works i feel like it'd be really good for stargazing or like looking at the northern lights um to sell oh, glasses that let point. you look up right dude tm tm up glasses TM, tm we flip them we can't tm that you would have to no, either patent. You'd probably. have to patent it. Well, I thought when we say TM, it just kind of like it's the no, patent trademark. TM is a trademark for copyright law. Up glasses. There you okay, go. We'll, you we'll, could we'll, do something we'll, like that, we'll, but we'll that might be a little too descriptive. Yeah. Well, and they'll What's be like, "What's up, up glasses? glasses? Nothing Jeez. much." <laughs> We've been doing the show too long together. <laughs> uh, but Joe, I mean, you you marathoned kind of princess diaries uh, to kind of catch up on this like uh, you've immersed yourself in the world of genovia um you know do you guys do you, i mean do you i mean we, you, i'll open this question to all of us like do you guys kind of have a, a bigger perspective about the world this inhabits like um do you get a better idea of this country as a whole i think the weird thing for me is that like i listened to your guys's episode and i think none of you had seen it before but like i watched princess diaries like five or six times when i was a kid and princess diaries two like mm-hmm. once Oh, so I, okay. I'd already seen these, but it's been so long. And when I yeah. watched Princess Diaries one last week, it was like really enjoyable because it was like mostly in San Francisco. Yeah. And then this one, because it was in Genovia, it just felt so much goofier. I feel like it did worse for Genovia being in Genovia than leaving it as like this elusive, like unknown. And I think the implication with Genovia and Ryan, you might have touched on this when, when you texted us too. like Genovia is definitely like a weird colonial war crime country. Right. Because there's like when they're in line to introduce like all the Genovians, there's people like all different accents. Like they're one, like an Italian guy and like a Spanish speaking person and like another person who like spoke French. And I'm like, oh, so Genovia like conquered all of these areas and like it's just- and then lost them all. <laughs> I was thinking it was like a like a isolationist like neutral country where like people who were in some sort of scandal in their original country could come and bury all their money and live without being deported. So, okay. So extradited. Yeah, (laughs) it could be, it could be a tax haven. Um, but I feel like they also probably have nukes. I mean, we discussed that before, like their, their swing with, uh, with other countries, you know, other countries are kind of giving them the time of day. Everybody in this country is a freaking moron. I think they got nukes, dude. I mean, like, you know, a we lot of countries nukes. have nukes, and they're more fucking morons. <laughs> the U.S. has like, a bunch like, of nukes. Let's, let's be real here really quickly. Like I like I told you guys earlier, I didn't take any notes, but the only yeah. thing that I like really stood out in my mind was there's a scene in this movie where she's trying to escape. Like, the princess is trying to escape out of a window, and while yeah. she's doing it, the like, the two main security guys 
are playing chess. <laughs> and then the maids who see her hanging from a rafter in, in mortal peril start putting pots and pans on their head and singing Frere Jaca to distract the queen from seeing her almost die. And the queen is like, like <laughs> This is the Wonderful. level of competency. Good impression, Denali. I love it. <laughs> thank you, This thank is you. the level yeah. of competency of this country. Like, that's, that's like the head of their departments. I had a debate with Julie because she told me, she's like, you have to drop your realism standards because mm. this is in a fantasy world. Yeah. Right. And I was like, no, it's not. It's in our world, and it's just a fake country. Like, it's just it's just like the, our world has another country. And she's and she was under the impression that it was more like not to the extent like of El Enchanted, like a fairy right. tale, but it's I mean it's essentially a form of a fairy tale. Well, and, but that's what I mean when I say that like San Francisco works so much better because yeah. they they teeter on that like hey this is this is real, yeah, but like Genovia is like this thing that just exists. But in this movie, because they go there. And there's like really, really detailed, ornate uh, paintings and murals on the walls. And then the secret tunnel has like stick figures that were drawn by someone's intern. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it, it's really confusing about the world and the, the history of Genovia. Yeah. Because wanna... they have like some of the worst stick figure mural paintings <laughs> in the very beginning of the movie with a secret door with a bust. Like it's like it's freaking Adam West in Batman 66. Well, uh, I do have a question. To poll you guys about okay. the lore of Princess Diaries. So okay, I read the books so on though. When I watched the original, I thought Genovia was probably one of the only, or the only one of maybe one or two, tiny little protectorate countries off in Europe somewhere that nobody's ever heard of. But in this movie, we see like twenty different princesses. Yeah. And I want your opinions on whether or not there's these countries all over the world. And there's a bunch of other people, not quite in Anne's position, but like there's a bunch of other princesses who are about to take over their own countries too. Including huh. five-year-olds. Yeah. Including five-year-old princesses. So you think this is like a feudalist future, kind of like Dune, where everyone kind of has their own fiefdoms, and Genovia is just one of many. Right. Uh, and like all these other delegations... Because they even mention England. They're like, oh, it's Prince William. And I mean, maybe, maybe, yeah. It's like a kind of like a medieval thing where they all just kind of come of age. Maybe America has a, has a queen and king as well. But to get back to Julie, what Julie said, Ryan, like, I think this is a fictional universe because, I mean, it takes place in the MCU because you have um, the All Father himself show up, Stan Lee. Oh, yeah. I was confused about this. So this does so, take place in the Marvel Cinematic why? Universe. I think they should have had a they should have had a Wakandan prince in the, in the mix. Yo, that would have been tight. We can't get too far ahead without giving a synopsis. I feel like we're yeah, already okay. like in the movie. Why did we this. go straight into movie talk? We Let's had Joe here. We were going to we do Joe. improv. I don't want to be talking about yeah, the movie right get, now. I'm yeah, kind of bored, we, we got, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, okay. We got Joe here. Let's, do you guys want to do improv? <laughs> Yeah, I, just so just yeah. to give you some background, I did improv yeah. for like seven years. I I taught improv. I I became the leader of an improv group. Yeah, uh, that we semi successfully <laughs> ran for like a year. And I would just I would love to just watch Ryan and Jace do improv. <laughs> oh, so you wanna? So you've peaked in your own form, and now you want to come learn a new style? A sabbatical learn from the masters yeah. of a new school. <laughs> yeah. We can call it that. I, I would like to get schooled 
in everything not to do. You know, like in the, the math textbooks <laughs> well, when they have the examples of how you do the, the do it the wrong yes. way. We've been we've been um, told we kind of have like a, a unique improv routine, um, but it's it, it we have our own flavor. And uh, you know, Joe, as like someone who who has studied the art, um, you know, we welcome you to our improv house, and uh, we'll enjoy uh, you know showing you how we shit on your art as well. So, uh, <laughs> the, uh, we, 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 the GBGBI. The GBGBI? Is that, the the is I stands for uh, improv. something. Improv. Good, oh. good boys improv. gone bland improv. Um, so, yeah, like, because I, I didn't prepare a quiz today. Because, you know, we've, we've been doing a lot of quizzes. Joe, I sucked you in another quiz. And, uh, you know, I think I think Jason Ryan, I've put them through enough recently. So we'll, we'll, we'll do a little improv bit. And I would be remiss uh, to not let a professional as yourself. I don't want to hype you up, Joe. I don't, I don't well, want I, people, I people the, to think. The bit last time was that we couldn't get under 50% funny. And the quiz was like, we were like 51% for like 10 minutes of that quiz. We were just teetering on the line. I was like, this is going to blow. Yeah, I mean, it that exploded that time. Uh, but this time, we have more of a freeform thing. Uh, and this movie's full of gags, so I figured we can get our yucks on and, and just do some improv. And maybe you can coach us a bit, Joe, because I've been coaching a lot, you know, the past few seasons. I've been these guys' improv coach. Um, I think percentage-wise... I think um, I've done like 1% more improv than these two, uh, but it's it's nice to have a professional here. So yeah, I mean, we can talk about one thing real quick. I'll just I'll just throw this out oh, there. Yeah, I don't yeah, want to throw a bunch of textbook stuff. Uh, so Ryan, the, the first rule of improv is just say no to everything. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's good. So, no, just but. Just shut it all down. You know, yeah. what's, you know what's really bad for movies and any kind of storytelling is momentum. That's... <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you, you need know to be... where the scene is going and you feel it propelling you forward, your story yeah. just sucks. You really want to stay well, somewhere. <laughs> and not I'm move. not going anywhere. They call us the linebackers of improv, um, <laughs> where we just take the concept and we just stop it in its place and push the other direction. Um, yeah. So, but anyways, anyways, colors really quick. It's just character, objective, location, relationship. So you're tra- Those are the four first things you want to establish in a scene. Oh. But color has two O's. Well, location is L little O. That's, no, that's what about the, ga- no. What about the U? Yeah. Underwear. Oh, that's that's only in a. <laughs> that's only an improv over the pond. That's an improve. I'm actually improv. not wearing underwear. Oh, I just like... got these shorts today. That yeah. Have, they're like. Half swim trunks, half athletic shorts. They have compression shorts that they're like weaved in. Yeah. Is, it, is it mesh like underneath? No, it's like a compression short. No, oh, that's nice. Yeah, what brand? Cool. Uh, they're from Target, baby. Oh, nice. I'm just in my clothes. And I spilled he, fish tacos on them uh, 20 minutes after I put them on. Does it wick away the fish taco? Because they do sell those. No, this is actually a pretty good fish taco barrier. Yeah. Um, so it, you know my uh my dad convinced me uh target sorry i don't want to get us off topic but uh tar target target was like a french company and i told that to hundreds of people throughout my entire life probably thought you were hilarious dude and last year i looked it up and they're based in indiana and i felt like the biggest idiot in the world because i fell for a dad joke really seriously oh we exclusively call it target I yeah. tell people things that you've told to me in the past <laughs> on a pretty regular basis, and I guarantee the things that I'm saying are false. So <laughs> I guess it runs in the family. I spread so much misinformation. How um, many people have you told that Genovia is a real country? Oh, no. The the main, the Next, main uh, exports the of pears in the world is from Genovia. Where is it actually from? Oregon. Uh, Bartlett. It's country. The real answer was Genovia. <laughs> non-believers 
Gotcha. In Private's heart. Okay, so what I what I got here, and Joe, you might have listened to previous episodes where we do improv. Some people say we do it too much, and I say, here we go. So we, I got two two generators. One's from CanIGetA.com, our favorite, but I also have a new one. It's called Lulu's Improv Generator, and that's a that's a different one. And uh, I guess I guess we can do like a round robin, maybe. Would that be fun? Like, um, I can I don't do know what that would imply. What we normally do is we go in a certain we, we we do it so each of us does does the tango with another person. So gross. Ryan does improv with me, then I do it with Jace. Jace does it with Joe. Joe does it with Ryan, and then me and Joe do it together. And we all have done the deed oh, together. God. And hey, you, hey, you two I'm do it. I'm fully expecting watch. half of this to get deleted. I want to I want to <laughs> sign a paper that says I have final edit on this fucking shit. Oh no, baby. <laughs> And then we do a scene, all four of us together. The only one I don't, I don't want to watch unravel. is Denali and Ryan. I want to just listen to that one. All right, let's 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 do it. Let's if you uh, wait. If you if we save that one first, if we if we do it first, it has the most probability of being absolutely fucking bonkers and following no rules and being somehow anti-funny. But like, <laughs> if you wait for it to be the last one, then we it might actually be somewhat decent. Yeah, or we can just set the bar so low at the beginning that everything looks good in comparison. Yeah, all I mean, the audience has to do is be able to sit through the first one. Have you listened to our Daredevil episode? I have not. <laughs> exactly. I think I, I first started with dogs, and I, I, like I listened oh. to half the BVS one before I got so mad. Yeah, I, I know, left, Joe. You didn't like didn't the BVS one. Dogs. What's the BVS one? <laughs> Batman <laughs> versus Superman. It's Joe has it. We're not gonna. We can't do it. We can't do it. We can't do it. But we it's my favorite movie of all time. So I know, Joe. It's okay. <laughs> I'm setting the bar so low. Okay. So I'll do I'll do Lulu's improv generator. Um, for me and Ryan, we'll start us off. Okay, this is a new generator. I don't know how this is gonna go. Okay, uh, they have they have a scenario button. I click scenarios, and the scenario we have is at a funeral home. Hold on, I need and to then, check the temperature on my chickens. Oh yeah, that's please check your chicken. That that's a location. Hey, shut up, down <laughs> front. Hey, you finished twenty five percent of color. You got you got one strike, buddy. Ushers are gonna take you out. You think you could do this? You think improv's easy? I was worried. I know how to deal with hecklers. I was worried because they're not think under the lamp. Easy? Oh yeah. Is that wait, uh, Joe? How do you deal with hecklers as a, as a comedian? Um, it, it depends because like improv and stand up are two totally different things. Oh, yeah. You look them in the eye. You say, "My mental health is already teetering." You watch yourself as you leave here tonight because one of us isn't oh, making it man. home. Dude, you and guys. So, say, uh, and then they say, "Ah, oh. have a safe night." Dude, I was at uh, Dimitri Martin last night. Oh yeah, Brad. and uh, blast from the past. It was, it was a cancer benefit show, okay. and uh, before the opener came out, this woman and this guy come on stage, and they're like, "Hi, we're not, uh, we're obviously not Dimitri Martin, ha ha ha, but we want to give you a word because tonight's about cancer. It's a cancer benefit society, so we're gonna give it a little two minute speech, and then we'll get on the road." And this guy sitting right behind me is like, "It better be funny." <laughs> oh no. What the fuck? <laughs> he I, he caught himself. I think you know, like it didn't say it very loud. But he's like, yeah. It was, oh my god. I mean, he probably donated like fifty dollars to the benefit, though. Like, is the the, the karma no, equalizer, definitely right? Because he bought the definitely, ticket, though. Definitely not. He, I didn't know it was a cancer thing before I showed up. I oh, okay. Well, yeah. but there were the there were time, there, there weren't hecklers. It's not okay, but like, if he had cancer, he definitely oh. didn't. This Maybe. guy was like straight out of Guitar Center, Can't and there was a couple anti-Guitar Center jokes too, which was I thought was great. And he didn't laugh. I was I was paying attention. 
But there weren't hecklers last night. There were okay. a couple people who took Dimitri's rhetorical questions yeah. as like actual questions, like you're in conversation oh, with a person. I hate that. Yeah. yeah. It's That's a good thing annoying. it wasn't a Seinfeld show then. What? Because he... Oh, like, oh, like, oh, pretty much all he with... does is ask questions. <laughs> hey, oh, you, yeah, you guys yeah. ever... Yeah. Okay, let's, let's get to the improv. Um, our scenario, <laughs> at a funeral home, emotion slash characteristic is regret, uh, environment, helicopter, and uh, genre is disaster. Oh, okay. So we Ready have at a funeral home, regret, helicopter, disaster. Ready? You need some okay. Foley work? We're going down! <laughs> okay. And uh, I guess scene. I'll scene myself. Scene. What? Is there an end word? Normally we have a goal. Oh, do we have a goal word? Okay. The word is cheeky. We have to work into the scene. All right. Joe, we need very specific parameters to do our scenes. <laughs> you, can, you can make all this up, by the way. That is an option. Okay. And scene. Does that mean start? I thought that mean end. Listen, man, I don't care what it means, but I just I just need you to seize control of the situation right now. I can't. You know I lost my license in Nam. You you lost you lost your helicopter license? Yeah. That's why I always ride in the back. I'm the one who drops the caskets. Oh god. What oh jeez. Okay. Um listen, I just <laughs> This one's <laughs> all rigged up. Let's get a cool. Four yeah, we just need to we just need to get this get this delivery going, and uh, you know it's 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 a stat order. So, um, but if you can't drive the helicopter, that, I that's love kind of the a... smell of napalm Thursday on twelve forty five. Yeah, so you you like the smell of napalm? That's cool. What are you like eighty years old? Nah, I was a uh, uh, no. I, this is Agent Orange stuff, you know. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's weird. Um, so so can you can you uh can you pilot this this helicopter and uh, and get these uh get Me these pilot. coffins delivered? You're the one driving. I, um, okay, what, I could 15, I, I could fly. I've never I've what, never 15, done that. Fifteen thousand feet over San Clemente. We're on the ground in in a funeral home, but that's that's okay. Listen, are, are you oh, all there? I can hear like, them coming. You, yeah, uh, I can hear them coming. Is oh, that, is that the weekend? What what is this? Okay, that's all right. Let's. I'll get. I'll get in the. I'll get in the co-pilot seat. They're in the brush. We'll, we'll, They're we'll in the brush. The coffins. Uh, yeah. The trees. I can hear them. Can you hear? Yeah, the you trees? can hear them. That's, we're all good. We're all good in here. Okay. Uh, so how do I turn this on? Drop them. Um, okay. You drop them. I load them. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna drop these off real good. So okay. Okay. I, I got the keys in the ignition. Should I, should I just turn these? Oh, helicopters don't have keys. All right, don't Keep get cheeky with me, pal. We don't shut them off. We gotta go. Charlie's in the and scene. <laughs> that's, that's the scene. <laughs> and then we fulfilled the disaster portion because uh, <laughs> of the scene. The scene wasn't, that's what I was going for, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. Um, Joe, notes. Any notes for our scene? Uh, positive notes. Positive I, notes. I for have me. notes. Negative yeah, notes and, and for positive notes. Now, like right? any any type of notes you have. Yeah, probably the first note is like, yeah. don't make fun of veterans. Okay, Joe. <laughs> probably the first note. Okay. Or the disaster right. that is Agent Orange and the deformities caused. Yeah, uh, my, by, to my, my vocal cords. My stepdad okay. fought in Nam, actually. So. Okay. So the disaster. That was, so that was a negative note, but do you have a positive one now, now that we've learned something? <laughs> no. 
Okay, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> no, fine. No, that's, no, we don't need to always no, have I, positives. I actually, um, after listening to a lot of uh, improv, I really appreciate mm-hmm. um, Ryan's dedication to the character this time around. I feel like he... Oh. I've never heard him really stick to something. Uh, yeah. And that was... I, mean, I like he that was too. committed to something I wouldn't have committed to, but he was he was committed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm bad under pressure, man. I don't know. Yeah, I make a, the, I make a decision was... in the first half second of the skit, and then we just have to go with it. The funny thing too it's is perfect. that like I kind of like talked about momentum, and I like that Denali was offering you all of these things, which is like we call it an offer. Is like he's like, oh, so you're like 80 years old, and and that's like something no. you can run with. And instead, you're just like, nah, I'm not 80 years old. And he's like, oh, you're a pilot. He's like, I don't fly planes. <laughs> just like just just like killing every one of Denali's offers. That's so funny though. Yeah, you're treating you're so treating funny. Denali's offers like a shooting range. I think it's so funny because. <laughs> Fuck you, kid! I can like, like hear him be like, "Oh, now I have to think again." Yeah. All right. Perfect. Like instead um, of t- instead of t- uh, instead of like uh, treating Denali like he was your scene partner, you were treating him like he was like interrogating you, and you weren't giving him anything. <laughs> you won't make me talk, you piece of shit! <laughs> I'll never talk. Yeah. So, so get ready if when it comes back around and we have to do a scene together. Oh yeah, that's gonna be great. That's gonna be like uh, Obi Wan and Darth Maul. That guy's making a return. All right, uh, Jace, you and I, let's do this. I'll use Lulu's again. That was fun. Lulu's is a fun generator. Why is there two locations? I like like that. It was very tasteful. I don't know, man. It's I don't know. Okay, Uh, so Jace, we're on Noah's Ark scenario. Emotions, characteristics, surprised. Environments, construction site. Okay. (laughs) And well, then you're gonna, um, hit, you're gonna hit Vietnam and religion in one podcast. Listen, I, okay, <laughs> Joe, um, Joe, we know why your TikToks do well. They start with a decisive comment, okay? You yeah. Know? So we're trying to get ours. The genre is a whodunit. It's on a construction site. The word is cricket. So are we on? Uh, so we're on a. The environment we're in is a construction site. The scenario is Noah's Ark, okay? You're building. That actually works. Yeah, yeah works we're like really building well. the ark or or something else. <laughs> okay. 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 All right. All right. All right. All right. And scene. Hey, how's it going? Uh, pretty good. Uh, do you think? Yeah. You think he's gonna let us on this thing? Oh, totally. Oh, to- totally. He, he's. Yeah, he's cool. Like, um. He said we gotta we gotta get all the animals and all the all the people, um, on onto the dang onto the dang boat. I saw him only bringing two of each. Um, oh yeah. I mean, what what did what did you see him bringing on? Oh, there was a dragon. Yeah, dragons, of course. Sure. Gotta have yeah. those. Um, two penguins. Two penguins. Is, that's enough, honestly. That's weird. A lot they all of birds. Look the same. Yeah. We got they got rooms for all. It's that's that's the thing I don't like. Um, is all the birdhouses we gotta build. Yeah, There's so many of them. It doesn't make they can right? just sit on the the outside. Yeah, exa- exactly, exactly, exactly. He won't listen. He won't listen to it. Uh, I keep telling him every day, and he's like, "Oh, you know, oh, we hope hope we got enough room for you." Oh, you keep making comments like that. I'm um, kind of worried about the two person thing. Yeah, you think you think he's gonna have two people? I thought like the animals. You know, there's there's two animals. That's enough for them. But the people, you know, you got to have like, uh, you know, you got to have a variety. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Well, who do you think his number two is? You think it's his wife? I don't. don't we, wanna, we, we, you don't want to be tight. stuck on your boat with your wife. Ah, with a bunch come of animals. on! Am I right? Ah, tell me about it. I don't know what the word. 
I've been, I've been hanging out with him a lot, actually. He's pretty. He's a pretty cool guy. He's. You've been hanging out. I haven't had any time to. Uh, I've been. Oh, you've been working on know, this. There's a lot of. There's a lot to go on with the trellises and forming these beams. Yeah, yeah. He's huge. a pretty cool guy. Yeah. No, he, he's he's really he's really into a lot of interesting stuff. You know. He keeps me. I've been work. I probably worked like 90 hours this week. I'm I'm starting to think that maybe uh, we should kick the animals off and form a union. You know what? I like I like the sound of that. I don't. I'm. You know. I'm sick and tired of all these crickets taking up spots on 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 a, on, on a boat that we're building. Well, it's just two crickets. Okay, that's. So, it may, maybe not a good example. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what what was the word? It, 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 it was crickets. Oh damn and, it! It also matches. Um, it also matches the scenario, which is what what the noise would be during our. During you our know scene. what's really funny about that? Yeah. Is I love the idea because like I grew up, kind of religious, pretty religious. Oh, yeah. So like the the Noah's Ark stuff hits too close to home. Oh yeah. Uh, but I'll say this: I love the idea that Noah had a bunch of people working on this boat and then they formed a union and he was like whatever boat's 95 percent complete i'll let them all drown and then i'll just write a book where i said i did it myself i swear to god that's what jeff bezos is doing like right now i'm the only survivor who's gonna know the animals <laughs> built the boat he's like that was all me uh, you think uh, seth and and jepeth or whatever their names i think he had three sons right do you bring Obviously, him on the boat? Obviously, the religion didn't stick. Yeah, who got onto the boat? I think it, it was, it was, uh, did he have a wife? Him. Yeah, it was him, his wife, and then his three sons and their wives. Did it oh, kill what the everybody fuck? else? And if you ask Mormons, yeah. they like landed their boat in like Utah, I think. Yeah. Or something. Or they uh, originated in Utah? I don't know. It, I there's a lot was, of like. I thought it was Palmyra. Yeah, it's yeah. like a lot of stuff is like in America. In, well, because like the plates were found like right here. Yeah. Yeah, Brian's at ground zero. So that was that was a fun skewering of mainstream religion. And that's kind of the hard-hitting stuff yes. we do here. We're we kind do, of like off-the-wall comedy. We do vets yeah. who were drafted. Yeah. And then we do established religions. Yeah, so, so I was trying that. to tackle more anti-work, you know. We're going to we're gonna have to throw away half this improv. Down <laughs> with the man. <laughs> All right. That was another good round. Um, Jace and Joe... I guess I'll give you guys a scene. Joe, if you don't mind, I'll, g I'll give you the scene. Yeah, um, let's do it. Do, um, you a, do you have a notepad, Ryan? Or, uh, Jace? Are you no. Taking notes? No. He's a good improver. A best improver takes notes. I'm not going to write like, down the keyword. Just it looks like case. Steve from Blue's Clues. <laughs> the scenario is on a spying mission. The emotions is immature. Your environment is a zoo. The genre is a slasher film. Oh my God! The word is Da Vinci. I, I might, I need a, I might need a notebook too. <laughs> yeah, it's too much stuff. It's like once you add okay. the slasher film aspect, fine, I fine, feel okay. like let's take away, let's take away slasher. What? That's the best part. Spying mission. We had a slasher season, Ryan. It had enough. Spying How do you have a spy slasher film movie? I'm just kind of confused. <laughs> In a These zoo. are great. These are great movie premises. <laughs> that's actually not. Yeah, that's actually hilarious. Yeah. Okay. Okay, spying mission on a zoo. Immature is the emotion. Your word is Da Vinci. Is that is that workable? I think that's workable. That's workable. All right. Imagine the characters in your head. I'm gonna coach you guys. I'm gonna coach you too, Joe. 
Uh, so remember the first rule of improv, yes and, and just find the scene and action. Hey, hey daddy. Yeah. Daddy, I'm so glad you brought me to the zoo for, for bringing your kid to work day yes, at I'm... the spy mission. Yeah. I need some hey, popcorn. You need, you've eaten a quarter of a bag three times and then you've thrown it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we got to come with me. Keep walking. Okay. Keep walking. Okay. okay? I need you to oh, speed up. I'm going to, I'm going to pick chipmunks. you. Yep. Yep. Chipmunks okay. at the zoo. Da They're okay. walking. They're not even in a cage. So, uh, you see? That, that person right there, you see him? We're going to go get popcorn. We just got to be right behind him, okay? Okay. Hey, mister. Mister, do no. you have popcorn? <laughs> oh, he's mm. such a rascal. He doesn't have the popcorn. Okay. okay. The guy on the popcorn stand has the pop. Okay. Uh, how old are you again? Dad, I'm six. <laughs> I, oh, I'm sorry. Today's I know, my I know. birthday. I, happy birthday, son. I. <laughs> you took me to the zoo on Bring Your Kid to Work Day because it's my birthday. Dad Mom is... said it's your weekend. <laughs> that, that is true. Okay, look at me. I'm sorry. Do you want some ice cream too? Yeah. With that popcorn. I want some ice cream and popcorn together. Ice cream and popcorn together. Okay. Okay, we got to get the popcorn. <laughs> come on, come on, come on, come on. We got to get the popcorn. Okay. I uh, you in the top left corner. I need popcorn right now. Here's twenty dollars. Don't ask me any questions. So give me the popcorn. Okay, oh. Dad. Thanks for the popcorn. Oh, oh this is really God. loud popcorn, Dad. Oh, I hope you're not so... trying to spy uh, on anyone. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> okay, I'm right. <laughs> hey, Dad. Who's that man over there? He's okay. Fuck it. Uh... He has a briefcase that says Da Vinci. What's Da Vinci? <laughs> Da Vinci's the name of, oh my god, this isn't even my kid. Somebody take this kid, I'm gonna kill him. <laughs> da, 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 daddy, daddy, where are you <laughs> I like how we're, um, we're examining every type of trauma. Yes. <laughs> now we have divorces and uh, Aban child abandonment. Uh, great. Um, so uh, I guess I'll do some notes because I'm kind of co-coaching because Joe and I are equally as, as experienced. Um, it was an interesting choice uh, to choose to play a child, and uh, and Jace, you know, you did a good job, kind of in playing off of off of Joe and doing kind of the the popcorn work. And Joe, you did a great job with Foley work. I like Foley work. I'm a sucker for it. Foley. Um, now, Joe, do you have any critiques for my critique? No. It's pretty good. Okay, sweet, awesome. Yeah. Um, great. So. So now we got two heavy hitters. Joe and Ryan, the two heavyweights. Yeah, we'll ha we'll have you guys go. We've we've gone through uh, three scenes so far, and none of them have had characters with real names. So I just, guess that's kind of hard. Names. Huh? You're supposed to okay. name the characters. Is that okay, a we'll do that. We'll do that this time. Don't worry. Yeah. Don't worry. Okay, we'll, we'll give you a name. This next one's gonna have names. Yeah. All right. I'll do. That. Ryan and Joe. Scenario: Visiting the dentists. Mm. Emotions dismissive. Mm. Environment: Flooded basement. Mm. Well, how the is word. it flooded? Oh, okay. Constitution. Okay. Um, so you guys ready? And what was the emotion? Oh, the emotion is dismissive, and action. Hello, I'm James Bond. <laughs> God damn it. I'm your dentist. Uh, yeah, I, I just came in for uh, a wisdom tooth surgery. I, I couldn't help but notice your your faucet was was still running down here. Oh, uh, you my, can my come down here. You can come take a seat. 
we've got lots of chairs. You don't have okay, to worry. Yeah, what's, but, uh, what is your name? My name's Jonathan. Oh, okay. I'm going to write that. I don't like that. I'm going to write down Professor Pimpleton. Okay, well, well, that is my formal name that I wrote on my, my, my yes. incoming sheet. Take a seat. But... Take a seat. Uh, do you do you have any tools? My my feet are really my feet are really wet right now. I'm kind of concerned that some of the electrical cables no, around here for your no, tools are going. No, no, there's no electricity in England. <laughs> oh, there's no electricity. So we're just going manual, then. Yes. I noticed These some are... flyers sitting there. I... No, no, don't worry. We uh, what do you wisdom? Wisdom teeth? Yeah, just don't just worry. Two some, two on the left. some of your other teeth will fall out, and the wisdom teeth will come right in. Uh, so you're you're pulling my wisdom teeth? No, Not my we'll other get, teeth. They'll come and they'll fill. The wisdom teeth are good teeth. You want wisdom? Okay, Doctor Bone. You I, I noticed you had a, a four point five star rating. It's why I came to oh, you. Oh, I'm not a doctor. I'm noticing that this is it's it's very wet down here. Yes. There's rust on your pliers. Yes. Are, you're gonna use rusty pliers on my on my teeth that aren't my wisdom teeth because my wisdom teeth are going to replace my teeth. Did you go to dental okay. school? All right, Did yeah. Did you go uh, to dental school? I'm not. No, I didn't. But you, I'm, I'm a professor. I'm a. I'm actually a a professor of mouths. I'm an oh. oral professor. Oh. <laughs> Did you go to Liverpool? Yes, I, I went oh, to the Liverpool. Oh, I'm from London. Yeah, I, I'm American, but I, I lived in Liverpool since the age of six. Oh, American. Yes. You have so many laws, and uh, we, we have kings, and, you know, we princes, and other countries come see us, and, you know, France and Genovia, and, and uh, you just sit over there with your constitutions and uh, your, uh, your dental okay. schools. Okay, well, I, I, I will point out on the, the sixth rule in the constitution is actually an anti-rust law, and uh, I'm still a little <laughs> nervous about the pliers being so rusty. Well, we're in England. Anti-rust laws are very important to cross the pond. And scene. <laughs> uh, Ryan's like three quarters of the way through that. You're, I'm from London with princes, and we don't have many laws. Sounded like an inane, honestly, Trump ramble. <laughs> we're like, we've got laws, we've got queens and kings and queens. And we don't have any. <laughs> And then, and by the way, well, great job, guys. Uh, you, you guys inhabited the characters. You named the characters. So yeah. that was good. I connected with them a lot more. Like, I could see the scene. You said, um, you said give the character a name, and the first name that popped in my, yeah. my head was James Bond. Yeah, James Bond. Um, so that was great. <laughs> and, with a D? Uh, I thought it was Bone. B-O-N-E. I heard oh, that. Oh, yeah. It's, it's his voice James accent. Bone. And, and uh, just some notes. Ryan, great accent as usual. Yes, uh, Joe, you. if you can work in more accent work, I think that would just w- would have really colored in the scene. Um, okay. So maybe maybe just try that. Yeah, ne- next um, time. I, yeah, I did next, go lower, ne- which is like, you know. Yeah, that's good. That's good. But like uh, with an I accent, you know, Ryan's, Ryan's giving a, an accent. So that always makes the scene better. Yes. <laughs> and my jokes are only the fact that I have an accent. There's no actual wordplay or um, comedic well, timing. Do you guys do you guys know what the Sixth Amendment is? Yeah, it's an anti-rust law. That's, that's what it is. Have you been paying attention? I think Teddy Roosevelt was really into those. Uh, okay, I think I think we've did enough improv for one day, guys. You guys were like, let's do six, and then you hear let's me do, do another one, and you're like, that's enough. I was because I'm thinking of like how much 
this that's a lot of time for us because i think we normally do like three improv skits we did four and i think if we do six i feel like people you know they're listening to listen to princess diaries too and they're gonna hear these well, guys do doing the imp- benefit of hindsight yeah. you could just cut like all of them oh i mean yeah well i'll i'll i'll, I'll, I'll keep the good ones in post for sure so okay. the ones you know the ones that are going to be left in the edit are going to be the wow, best shit. ones and the ones that are not in the edit are going to be the worst ones that we deleted the episode so is the, going to sound like, let's do improv. Joe is here. Anyway, this is the summary. Back to Princess the movie. Diaries. It's really hard uh, to do improv over audio because like yeah. a big part of it to me is like physical characterization. And it's just weird to me that because of the pandemic, there's been like two years of all audio improv. And I see some yeah. of it on YouTube when I'm looking for places to audition. And it's all so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, believe me, we know. We know how bad all audio we, improv We're is. responsible for a lot of it. I feel like um, pound for pound, I feel like we've done like more audio improv yeah. than a we lot do of about, people. And by percentage, too, like all of our improv has been both audio and terrible. Yeah, yeah I've actually only like, done... I like, I like the Goose on the Moon one. That was, that was good. a good one, yeah. That was, that was a good one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With the robot. See, I remember that one. Oh, nice, yeah. The, uh, well... If if SNL ever hires us and they ever like go remote again, I think we'll have a good good chance um, for the next pandemic. Yeah, for the next one. Do you, uh, do you guys want to get into the movie? You guys want to get into Princess Diaries two, the squeakquel? Yeah. Uh, Joe, I, uh, I you you picked out Princess Diaries two. Um, and, you have to uh, review it, nerd. You said you were you were down to do a synopsis. Are you still? Are you? Do you want to give it for the Ooh. for the episode? Are you? Are you feeling Dude, confident can, enough? I can like, do it. It's just weird I it's because I watched the movie and I was like, you asked me to do the synopsis and I was like, yeah, yeah. sure. And then I watched the movie and I was like, this task at hand is too much to bear. I went to the garden of Gethsemane and like, I was like, Lord, please take this cup away from me. But, <laughs> Listen, uh, it's, you know, you just got to lead into, we've done a lot of challenging movies. The most important thing is to capture the soul. Yeah. So basically, I will I will do that now. The plot synopsis of Princess Diaries two. Does there is there a sub is there a subtitle? Uh, royal engagement. Princess Diaries. The, ro- the royal Pr- engagement. More princess. So Princess Diaries two, uh, we catch up with our main character Princess Mia right where we left her, except we don't because it's seven years later and she's done with college. And she's moving to Genovia, and she finds out that she's not allowed to be the queen unless she finds a man, because sexism. Uh, And that is the only important part of the movie. And then we just follow a series of bits in Genovia that have nothing (laughs) to do with anything, and they could have been in any order whatsoever it's okay all okay you're imparting a lot of uh okay yeah charged. we can't do the review in the Dude, synopsis I'm literally straight reading down this the off of wikipedia this is the plot synopsis <laughs> off of wikipedia it's a series of gags ensues where nothing important happens okay you're... and and then uh and then chris pine is there and she, basically so she has to choose between two princes uh one that she could be in love with who's also the bad guy slash good guy slash bad guy slash good guy and then the guy that she's supposed to marry because of uh, being on paper. She has 30 days to marry someone. So she has to choose someone to fall in love with in 30 days. 30 uh, day fiance. Yeah. And that's, yeah. That's I feel like movie. in 2022, this is well-worn territory. For <laughs> We're like, yeah, what's the big deal? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, I think that just about 
sums it up, Joe. Like watching this coming off of uh, a Love is Blind marathon literally the night before was really surreal because I feel like that's a show if if you're not familiar is where where people like don't meet each other in real life and they go off each other's voices and they try to get married within like a span of like five weeks and seeing that and then seeing this movie was like oh shit like this is the same shit um it was a bit it was a bit kind of like reality tv i mean she's like speed dating um she finds this this interesting uh this dude who she gets engaged with initially not a bad guy honestly seemed like a pretty chill dude prince jacoby He's yeah. a photographer, yeah. So, cool. uh, Chris Pine was in this movie, and he had the worst haircut of all time. Oh, my God. I was like, how do you make so Chris bad. Pine ugly? Well, like, I was, <laughs> see, and that's the thing, and I was like, well, is Chris Pine actually ugly? I, I I guess I thought he was, like, swooned over a lot, like, when we were in high school and stuff, because he was in the Star Trek movies and everything. He's a good-looking dude. Yeah, but, he like, now. he did not, he, he must have had a glow-up or something, because... I said this during the movie very loudly yeah. and very accusatory, and Julie said, you need to write that down. Because uh, I said, Chris Pine looks like a Sour Patch Kid left in a hot car. <laughs> the, the weird thing is, is that, like, he, it, we were looking at it and realizing that part of it is his hair, because normally his hair's a lot yeah, lighter now. Bad. Right. Uh, but then it's also just the cut of his hair just frames his head weird, because he has, like, that, like, 2000s and, side yes, hair yeah. and that's normally just, like, flat cut now. I said this when I when I, he was wearing his glasses, because oh, this he, looks so bad. He was wearing glasses, and they were, like, literally less than 50% up his head. <laughs> and it looked like he was, like, mega mind. <laughs> well, and then, well, like, the other thing about it is that, like, I thought, yeah, that's just a bad haircut. But today, I saw Andrew Garfield with the same exact haircut, and he looked great with it. Well, that's just it Andrew might Garfield, be, baby. It might be head shape. I mean, I notice, like, a lot of people who are models or, like, people who are actors, they have strange-looking heads and faces. And I think maybe that's part of it. Like, Chris Pine, you know, he he, he kind of has a strange face and head shape. And I think that kind of, like, morphs all together into, like, this overall uh, attractive-looking person. But maybe when you look at it in a certain light or a certain angle, you're like, that does look kind of fucking weird. <laughs> well, let's, like, before we dig into his looks too much, let's talk about yeah. his character a little because... I thought it was kind of weird that his uncle was like, so basically uh, this is not a spoiler because the music spoils it for you instantly. There's an older guy in Genovia who's trying to usurp the throne. And the minute he yes. he walks in, they have like this Darth Vader dark music in the background. It's like, it's like Jaws. <laughs> and it's like, oh, well, he's the bad guy. And then he's trying to get his, uh, his nephew, who's Chris Pine, to seduce uh, Anne Hathaway so that he can take the throne, Princess Mia. So basically yes. like, his uncle is evil and then chris pine is like being kind of forced into like helping him take over the throne but for most of the movie chris pine is reading a book in a garden like literally yeah. half the movie is him what just being stud. like i have the life why would i want to change this at all yeah and his uncle too like that actor uh he was giving a, i thought a hilarious performance as an evil villain because like his his intro was it, was that Gimli? Was that the guy yeah, who, who played Thomas him? Davis, yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, he was. Uh, he was like, "You should be more careful, Princess Mia. Someone <laughs> might try to take that crown away from you." And like, she walks away. He's like, "Someone like me." <laughs> like, I just thought that was so funny. <laughs> he said it out loud. I think he was gonna say it to her before she walked away. I think he was gonna be like, "You think yeah. he was gonna straight up say it?" <laughs> he's gonna out himself instantly. <laughs> he's like, "Dang, she she walked away." Well, I was gonna. I was going to out myself as the villain. She sure. walked... Why would she do that? It's I wasn't me. done. Guards, hello. Does anyone care? 
Oh, and then and then speaking of that, the maids like the the maids like halfway through the movie, they're like, yeah, he's trying to take the throne, and then they're like, yeah, and it's like they she, they should probably tell someone that, and then you probably. find out that security already knows, and he's like, security is <laughs> like, the maids know everything, and I was like, so you know this, and you're just letting it happen. Maybe they got it under control. Because I feel like Joe had his finger, uh, Joe, uh, you know, the security, head of security, he had his finger on the pulse the entire time. He's in the Matrix, nothing, dude. Nothing actually everything. bad happened, I think, to Mia other than, like, embarrassing scandals. But, like, she wasn't assassinated. You know, maybe there was there was a bunch of other angles this evil dude was trying to work. And maybe they were working on it behind the scenes. Like, there's a separate Princess Diaries movie from the perspective of Joe where they're, you know, it's a whole espionage thriller. I actually think that there's, uh, there's an even deeper cut with Joe where... Um... So he in this movie, so in the in the first movie, you can tell that Joe, the main security for Genovia, has kind of a relationship with the queen. And what? in this movie, he's like, yo, queen, your husband's been dead for a long time, which actually we found out today. I was watching with Alexis. Uh, her friend tells Mia, your dad's been dead for like two months. Get over it. So actually, yeah. Anyways, that's, huh. that's like a whole side thing. But Wait, her um, dad, King King Rupert. Yeah. So Wait, King Rupert, may he rest in peace. Not the grandfather. Joe has been, been in love with the queen for a long time. But my question yeah. is, has he, or is this the longest con that he's been stuck oh, in? Oh man! Oh shit! He look, might look, be the Machiavellian villain. Yeah. Like there's another cut of this movie where Joe kills the king, and then just like <laughs> spends twenty years trying to get the queen like into a relationship with the queen and he's like yo when are we making this public when am i going to rule over genovia and own all of the pairs in the world but he did he did wait though because he was like after you abdicate the throne then we could make our relationship public though so he didn't he wasn't in it for the the fame and glory he, he just you know he was in it for love man and money and yeah, and a little bit helps, of money yeah and and the money helps but the queen was like he's the only man i've actually loved because her her Marriage was arranged. Yeah, that's some deep stuff. Yeah. Like, this this movie was pretty much, I think, more Disney-fied than the first one. Mm-hmm. It but had, like, like, 25 Disney members in yeah. the cast. <laughs> so, Raven Simone, yeah. yeah. But, like, the the things I liked, I actually liked Joe in this one. Like, being kind of a, you know, assertive mother hen, if you will, like, like about everybody. And I don't know. I, I, I like. Joe I can hear the one. chickens in the background. Yeah, saying I've mother, been saying hand mother is, hand. Yeah, we get it. I've been saying mother <laughs> hand all the time. I like when he has the. There's a snake that they use to try to scare a horse that Princess Mia is on, <laughs> and then Joe has a conversation with uh, yeah. the bad guy, and so he like they have this like back and forth, and you're like, oh, who's gonna win? It's like an epic rap battle of history, but it's two guys of fake history, and they're not rapping, so not like that at all. But still yeah. epic. That's the only thing that that carries over. And they're arguing, and then the final thing is Joe just gives the rubber snake back to him, and he's like, "I think you forgot this," and then he just walks so away, good. and it's just like, Mic "Oh, drop, yeah. Joe's like Joe's the best guy. Joe's the coolest guy." And I'm, I'm I've got a little bias there, obviously, but get your name, yeah, of course. I mean, his line where where the evil guy was like, "Fear is not in my vocabulary," and he's like, "No, but it's in your eyes," and I was like, "Oh, oh man, oh Joe, Joe's a gangster, dude. I think that's what it is. That Joe's like ex mafia." Oh, you think so? You think he uh, he iced the king? No, I th- no, I think he's like from oh, the right, underworld, yeah, right? And he's a tough right. guy, you know. And so they brought him in. It's like, you know what? You do, you do your twenty, yeah, in the castle, <laughs> in service of the queen herself. Yeah. Oh, he's got like a little bit yeah. of like a hey, Abagnale Junior thing going on, right? Yeah, 
Yeah. Hired this guy, and then the king died. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> you think that's a coincidence? Yeah. Uh, it's one thing I noticed immediately from the get-go of this movie. Uh, it is kind of Anne Hathaway's voiceover. And it's it's nice seeing her back in this role again because I think we've been we've been jumping around the timeline and just seeing her back as uh you know as Princess Mia again. But she, like the first line she says is, "I can't believe it's been five years since the last movie." Basically, I know. <laughs> and I was I like, "God, okay, we're it. doing this." I hated it so much, and like they literally use footage from the first movie to kind of and explain. they tell you everything <laughs> that must have happened and like why certain characters aren't there. She's like, this character isn't here because he's doing this. <laughs> I thought oh that was my like, gosh. it's the worst way to like explain what's going on. It's literally just telling and not showing. She, It's the same thing. Why is this movie called The Princess Diaries? We did actually see a diary in this movie yeah. and it was hers. So it that's okay. Hers. But only one. But, but. So it's still not right. It should be Princess Diary. <laughs> but yeah, she, More was, like, she, yeah. she was reading her own diary entry. When that scene went on, I was like, I've read my... I've read a diary entry that I wrote in the past, and well, it was reads it like that. It, or was it sounds like she reading? <laughs> was she reading her dad's? Like, was she writing in her dad's diary that she got at the end of the last movie? Well, that'd be kind of fucked up, wouldn't then it? She's probably just reading her dad's notes. No, because she it's was been like five years. She was just in there living in wow, a time loop. Princess Diaries is a band. <gasps> I mean, her dad was definitely not talking about Jake and his very cool band that that he's touring with. But, I mean, in that defense, when I saw... Okay, this was the one I saw in theaters, um, as I said last time. Um, I did not see Princess Diaries 1 beforehand. So that <laughs> exposition really helped me follow the story when I was 10 years old. Yeah. So I think it worked for me as a 10-year-old audience member. And honestly, this is rated G. Like, this needs to work for a certain audience. Like, they're not gonna, they're not having, like, mid-20s dudes who just go there and be like, Oh, that didn't make sense from a narrative perspective. They wanted, like, an easy way to show it. And, you know, three years ago for, for kids, which was, like, I think when last Princess Diary came out, um, that's a long fucking time. Like, that's that's a huge part of their brain development. <laughs> so it's I think they might need those those dumb visual cues because kids are dumb, I guess. <laughs> There's a really interesting thing that happens at the very beginning of the movie where uh, it says screenplay by Shonda Rhimes. Oh, yeah, of Bridgerton. And I was like... Oh, so this is so Bridgerton is not her first go around of like writing a fake country uh, and, and doing a bunch, doing a bunch of like princey princess stuff like. Yeah, this is like the precursor to Bridgerton and it's just as goofy. It kind of is right because Bridgerton, which I haven't seen, but I've, I've just been kind of around people who've seen it. It's kind of about like an eligible bachelor and a bachelorette mm-hmm. like they're trying to get together and it's a fantasy land. So this is kind of pre-Bridgerton. And doesn't Bridgerton have, like, a, a similar actor? Like, the same actor from something like this? Like, Or am I am I off? You're off, I think. But that's what um, I'm curious. Is, like, did Shonda oh, Rhimes okay. write the first one, too? Or did they, like... Okay. Because I, I didn't see anyone... I didn't see Only there was the a way one. to find out. Like, we had this... I just looked it up. Internet uh, movie database where we could, like, Julie Andrews compare these was the ca- was cast as the voice of Lady Whistledown in, uh, in Bridgerton. The voice? Yeah, I guess. I haven't body? seen it. Uh, I think they had another actor. What? Well, Lady Whistledown is like, uh, she's like a young, I've literally only seen like half an episode. Okay. Uh, but I think that it's kind of like a Gossip Girl situation where they're like, no one knows oh. who Lady Whistledown is. So the voice yeah. is like Kristen Bell in Gossip Girl, but it's literally someone else. Um, Spoilers. And then, 
And then in this show, it's like, it it's, sounds like an everyone... old lady, but it's really like some young person. Wait, so is Julie Andrews and Bridgerton going like, Mmm, spotted! Lady Andrews outside there with Mr. Rogers! Like, is that kind of what's happening in there? Yeah, she's like, she's like talking about all of the drama. So. That's amazing. I'm oh, gonna they should, they watch should that pull show. Genovia into Bridgerton. That would be interesting. Same We'd universe. Get some, like, his Same that's what they're setting up. It's like a prequel. Uh, you guys remember that scene where she, where Anne Hathaway's like first dancing with all the suitors, and like she's dancing with all the suitors from all the other countries, and like these eligible bachelors besides Chris Pine are fucking throwing it down in an insane way with her, like throwing her body around like a rag doll doing jazz splits and like all this crazy shit. And Chris Pine's like, oh, I'm going to dance like a regular human being. But she had like eight dudes before that doing like just this wild shit. And I'm like, what is wrong with these guys? Does this area have lead poisoning? Like what the fuck? So a quarter of the scenes in this movie that are princess related are all scenes that are doubled down in Frozen. Really? Including the dancing scene. Like, there's the a dancing, dancing scene, scene with suitable bachelors in Frozen. There's a coronation scene in Frozen. There's just, like, so much of this movie that just got repeated in Frozen. I was, well, like, baffled. Isn't, aren't they both, like, a take on Cinderella? No. The Frozen is the uh, the Snow Queen. Well, Joe's really into into the Disney lore. Uh, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, look, this movie made $134 million. What? So, uh, off, of a, off of a 45 what? mil budget. Wow. Yeah. We do, guys. Was guys, we need to write a. They doubled down Diaries and it fucking movies. worked. <laughs> it did work. Like it was a, it was a critical failure. But like they don't care, dog. They made a, such a huge amount of money back. Like yeah, my ass children. saw it, and I wasn't the yeah. demographic. Like I wanted to <laughs> I guess, see fucking I guess surf ninjas. Ali saw a princess movie. We probably should have guessed that it made money. Yeah, like that. That that paid for a ticket, and like there was a lot of hype around this movie too. Like there was, I remember seeing the shut up scene over and over again on TV. Like when Julie Andrews did it, um, it was like a, it was like a big deal when this came out. Um, so I used to get a lot of VHS tapes, like Disney VHS tapes or DVDs from the local library, and Princess Diaries two was like an advertisement on all of them. And yeah. there's, there's like literally only one line from the movie that I remember, and I say it all the time. Like I've, I've probably said this like two hundred times in my life. But the the scene where the hairdresser says, "But a very, uh, but a very pretty moose. moose make all the boy moose go wow," because they put that in the ad, <laughs> and so like that's just something that's stuck in my brain from watching advertisements on VHS tapes and DVDs for like five years straight. Oh my god, I loved all Apollo scenes <laughs> where he's like, "This one's I'm so confident I used my own face for the before and after." <laughs> like I fucking love that dude, but I looked up the box office for that weekend that came out. August 11th, 2004. This sucker opened number one that weekend, um, beating out everything else that week, uh, including a certain Tom Cruise movie called Collateral and what? The this Village. Beat Collateral? And The Born Supremacy. So this thing was a monster. This beat, wait, hold on. This beat Collateral, The yes. Village, and Born, Born Supremacy, Supremacy, which is the And The Manchurian one? Candidate. But what weeks were those films in? Because this could have been, like, the only thing that was, like, its opening week at the box office. Yeah, but this is, like, peak summer. Let me see August. Collateral. Yeah, uh, Collateral came out August 6th. So this is pretty much the first weekend for Collateral. Yeah, and, like, when I was when I was at the theater, I was like, I want to see Collateral, Mom. And, you know, instead I saw Princess Diaries 2. So, like, I think some of the Collateral fans who couldn't get in. I don't know if you should be in, watching Michael Mann movies. Um, you know, we had to go see Princess Diaries. And I think that's, like, the spillover from that, I think, kind of helped, helped the movie as well. I think your mom... So, 
made a good nice. call not taking a 10-year-old to collateral. It. Still haven't seen it. Oh, so. man. Uh, we need to do a collateral season. Dude, Collateral was another one of those movies that was on a lot of DVD advertisements where I was like, that movie looks scary. Isn't That was the first movie where they made uh, Tom Cruise look old. Yeah. Right. What? So, okay. I have a question about Genovia's system of government. Because we, we talked about kind of Genovia as a country. But the queen, you know, she there are term limits, right? Or something like that. Because once the princess turns 21, the queen then has to step down legally. Is that is that kind of the deal? Mm-hmm. Well, I, this is my question. I thought it was 18 in the last movie. Yeah, I think well, it's Ryan 18 for her to make expert. a claim. Yeah, Ryan, what is, uh, what is the laws for? Oh, for the, the law of Genovia? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's, are you I mean, you probably Genovian most... law? I actually have no clue how monarchies work. I just, I, think, I just think you have to bang a cousin and you're pretty much good to go. Fuck nice. yeah, bud. I mean, she, I think it's like she had until 18 to make the claim, at least for her title. And then when she turned 21, that's when the transition needed to happen. But then like they, they brought back this obscure rule, which was the premise of the movie, right? Where, where they're like, okay, uh, since she is like a woman, she has to get married in order to become the queen. And it becomes a whole scene where they're like, well, if she was a fucking dude, like she wouldn't have to get married to get the throne. And then basically all the old men stand up in parliament and they're like, fuck you, she has to get married. And that's like the the setup for the movie. I, I, I think was there's... totally not expecting this to be like yeah. a feminist movie. And not even a that feminist, was actually... just like yeah. <laughs> equal rights. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, that's honestly what, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think I kind of liked that aspect. There was somewhat of a social commentary. Um, there was a moment where one where a gay joke almost happened, but then they were just like, right on, and kind of moved on, which I think was kind of undoing a little bit of the slight homophobic references of the first Princess Diaries as well. And I think that's a benefit of the G rating as well for 2004, because we've been watching a lot of early 2000s comedies, and we've been seeing a lot of big old beefers on that. I was thinking those... about that scene, yeah. and I was kind of nervous that I was like, because like back then, like honestly saying right on to a prince, because basically the, the way this scene happens in the movie is that yeah. um, they're looking at eligible bachelors, and then Joe makes a comment that he says he's perfectly suitable and everything, especially for his boyfriend. And then the girls immediately say right on, and then they snap. So it was like yeah. a it was like a, a gay hurrah kind of thing. Um, yeah. For 2004, uh, in a G-rated kids movie, that's kind of progressive. And it makes me kind of, like, think about, like, today when people are always like, oh, the woke agenda and all this garbage. It's like, if that scene happens today, like, people wouldn't think about it as much because we've we've moved forward in a lot of ways. But, like, there's no way that, you know, the the Ben Shapiro's of the world would be like, (laughs) I can't believe this movie. They're trying to they're trying to brainwash our children. How dare they say that's okay? Ah! Flip the table over. And he's like, you should be mad about Princess Diaries 2. This movie made one hundred and thirty four million dollars to brainwash your kids. But but like, yeah, in 2004, I probably watched that movie. And, you know, again, being raised religious and stuff, having a little a little thing in there is probably a good thing. And uh, I, oh, totally. I give it a big thumbs up for that. The other thing I liked about the movie, too, was aesthetically, like the fashion, the costumes. I loved the 2000 fashion that was in this movie, too. And like throw over knit and like kind of the pantsuits. Like those were so fucking awesome. It was kind of like clueless core fashion. Um, I think I, you could tell they put a lot of fucking money into the sets and costumes in this movie. 
Did you see the set from the airplanes? Like, so the airport scene. Okay, that first was land. CGI it was like yeah. Spy Kids too. Yeah. <laughs> There's just a that bunch of like extreme. assets of like people out of the wrong proportions on this landing strip. <laughs> Besides those scenes, I mean, first of all, like the diamonds too. I heard those are actual historic diamonds that they used on set. They had like special bodyguards to to guard them. Um, but everything looked pretty legit. Like it looked like I was actually looking at some footage from like you know, like Windsor Castle or something. Uh, so was... how much of the 45 million was of the budget was like on loan? Like, Ooh. like how much of the 45 million was yeah. to use those diamonds? I think, I think the, the queen loaned him for clout. We've I got a trained like... sniper on Anne Hathaway. <laughs> if she touches those wrong or drops him, she's down. So there's a whole, there's Maybe a whole movie. Maybe we don't movie. need to shoot her. <laughs> there's a whole movie yeah. called Ocean's 8, also with Anne Hathaway, where she has a diamond necklace and they're trying to steal it from her. I think we could make a movie oh. where they're trying to steal the diamonds from Prince's Diaries 2. That's a movie. <laughs> so Anne That's Hathaway Nine. is an actor in Princess Diaries 2 who's trying to steal the diamonds. Oh, just like Ocean's 12 with Julia Roberts. That's, gonna, that a, guys, hold on. That's actually, think thinking about that, I love yeah. heist movies. I will watch any heist movie. Uh, that is really good. <laughs> it's a good idea. That's a good idea. An actor who goes onto a movie because they want to steal something from the set? Well, and also because Julia Roberts huh. is in Ocean's Eleven, and she's not really in on it, if I remember correctly. And then yeah. in the second movie, she's in on it, and she plays Julia Roberts in the right. movie. And she's like, Wait, no, no one's going to believe it's me. Yeah, no. And so, so, so then if we did this one in Ocean's Nine, Anne Hathaway could be like, no one's going to believe it's me. And then she's in on the heist That's in Ocean's good. Nine. That's <laughs> amazing. I yeah. rewatched Ocean's Twelve during the pandemic and i was dreading the julia roberts joke uh but i thought it actually worked now like coming out i was like this is the cheapest joke are you serious like julia roberts is playing a character and julia roberts in the same movie yeah and uh but it works i know so maybe that this it, is like uh, yeah. a little off topic with the with the stuff but because it's anne hathaway adjacent like right. my my dream for oceans is for there to be an oceans nine and ten with the with the female cast and then an Oceans trilogy that combines the men and the women and have it be Oceans 14, 15, and 16. Like, Whoa. that has to happen. Yeah. The, like, the nine Star Wars movies, the nine Oceans movies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We could the do an Oceans. Yeah, an Oceans season at that point. That'd be fucking amazing. Uh, the budget probably would be like a billion dollars, I think, mm -hmm. with all those A-listers. But speaking of A-listers, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about Anne and Chris Pine's relationship in this movie. Because I think her 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 relationship with the with the first guy Pr Prince Jacoby was was like nice. I think it, it was kind of like so they had nice scenes together. But the chemistry I think with her and Chris Pine really worked in this movie. Um, what'd you guys kind of think about their interactions and scenes? Yeah, I thought Chris, I was surprised to know that this was Chris Pine's first movie. Like, oh yeah, his debut. He was really good. Yeah, I thought so too. Their comedic chemistry. I thought was pretty funny and they had a lot of good physical acting too that might have been slightly improv like there's parts where she's like hitting him with the fan as she's like talking um and you know there's a part that's scripted where they fall into like a fall into a pool together and I just feel like that all reflected really naturally and like I believed the tension between them uh, because so of that because it, it all hinges on that there's kind of a, a a Captain America Superman thing that happens with this movie where like with with the Captain America movies the Rooster Brothers have kind of talked about how like mm -hmm. Steve Rogers and also Clark Kent as characters are, they're not perfect, but their morality is already kind of in 
a certain place where it can't be put into question where you could have some kind of character arc or character growth. So you have to put them in unique, interesting situations that hmm. don't really make them grow, but that push those morals um, from an interesting narrative perspective for, for kind of the environment that they're in. So it's more right. uh, uh, about environmental growth, which is kind of a hard place to be in because your characters can come off as kind of boring or yeah. um, wooden. But they, they kind of do the similar thing here in this movie where it's like, she's ar- she's already like kind of comfortable with who she is she knows what she wants and stuff and so it's it's kind of the same thing where they're they're putting her in a situation where she doesn't necessarily have to grow but she has to do all of the legwork to convince an entire country to grow uh particularly with regards to this super outdated law that just came back out of nowhere and and so like you're you're dealing with all of that and talking about Chris Pine's performance like he's kind of the um the surrogate for representing what the entire country is in terms of this this outdated mentality and so her goal through this movie uh subconsciously kind of is to get him to grow and so like she thinks that he's you know she finds out that he's kind of got this plan with his uncle and stuff but by the end of the movie he's like you know what my uncle's actually wrong and i'm actually gonna let her do what she wants and uh, i'm actually gonna give up my title so that she can she can do that so that's kind of like what was really cool about his performance is that he he kind of has to show more character growth and have a little bit of a wider range in terms of what he's presenting on camera. And I thought the that's one really scene point, that like yeah. really is cool about this movie, because for, for the most part, this movie is just random bits that don't mean anything um, and that are like jokes without even callbacks later on in the movie. But there's one scene where he is like um, she sneaks out to go be with him. And when they sneak out. Um, they accidentally stay out all night, and then a photographer sent by his uncle takes their picture. And what I yeah. thought was interesting about this scene is that it's actually a callback to the first movie, um, because in the first movie, there she has that boyfriend who's Brink from the uh, oh Hans shit Brinker's skate yeah, movie, yeah. dude. Thank uh, you for mentioning Eric Brink. Von Denton. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and he's like totally trying to get he's trying to kiss her on camera, and it's even her first kiss, and it's like really ewy. Uh, yeah. And it's just really a bad situation for her where this guy is taking advantage of her um, in front of the paparazzi for clout. And so then when she's reliving that moment where like she kind of Anne Hathaway kind of brings that in that scene where she's kind of like, oh, my gosh, uh, you, you've like played me again and I've already lived this. And then the, the interesting thing is they've actually flip flopped it in this one scene where he's like he's not trying to play her. And yet she brings that baggage with her and feels like she's been played. Uh, and, and then Chris has to be like, no, oh, that's not what I meant to do. Yeah. Wow. That's a really good point, actually. Uh, <laughs> like, that's a great callback to that. It's like the, it's like the only yeah. good scene in the movie because of, of, yeah. because of that connection. And I liked the fact that Chris kind of, like, his character kind of pushed her character, too. Like like you said, like, his development also, I think, co-develops her character, or at least her persona as well. I like that push and pull. And well, I think in both yeah. movies, she's given shit advice by her grandma that... <laughs> An hour and 40 minutes later, her grandma's like, you know, oh, shit, maybe I shouldn't have told you to do that. <laughs> huh. Well, the grandma Thanks, also Jace. has character development. <laughs> Thanks for dunking on Julie. <laughs> Ju- Julie Andrews is kind of like, um, she Sucky. really channels Chris Jenner in this movie, too. Uh... Like, like, there's this, like, she just, like, talks down to everyone in this movie. There's literally a scene yeah. where she walks in and she says... Everyone's like, you're late. And she's like, a queen is never late. She's Everyone off, else is she's simply early. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, what, I think what does that, that like... mean? That's so, just so mean. 
I liked some of the Queen's uh, zingers too, where she was like, "Remember, nepotism is for the arts, not for, not plumbing. for plumbing." And like, yeah, I thought that was a really great. I line. Amber wrote that down. <laughs> yeah. Don't understand what that means. I think like basically, the guy who got the plumbing contract was through nepotism, not because of skill. So like the plumbing exploded. That's why she was like, "It took like a month to remodel this place." But and why is that okay, okay for in the art? Wouldn't the art I don't suck? Think yeah, but you know, yeah, I don't think so either. But she's making like a cheeky comment, so this that's is just my this is thing. my yeah. thing where I don't understand why it's okay for rich people to hire their relatives, but not poor people. And then also, well, it's I like, guess if nepotism is is for the arts and not for plumbing, maybe it also shouldn't be for running a country. Thank you. <laughs> oh, because well, I thought I thought that's... that's what they were saying by the arts. I thought that's maybe what like she was implying. She has way less say, and she still has, uh, what are they, the council? Yeah, the, the parliament thing. But, but she have is a parliament. Like, yeah, okay, what's up with this? I'm very confused. Yeah, Anne They was can tell her what to do, but then Anne Hathaway then could be like, well, no, she just made a motion, and then they but all like, had to vote on it. The first movie was set up as Anne's going to basically rule this entire country, and she has to be ready. Why? I mean... It might be like a multi-branch thing. Like we have a president. Like I mean, even the UK, they have a parliament and a monarchy. Obviously, the monarchy's been stripped with a lot of power. Exactly. But it I think seems like the in monarchy. This one too. The monarchy still technically has a veto power in the UK. But Chris Pine is literally reading books in a garden. Yeah. By so, the way, I mean, uh, mm-hmm. a callback to our earlier conversation. I think it's like estimated that there are like twenty-one thousand princesses today. What? What? Something. Something stupid. Oh, like I went that. to school like, with one. A survey said something along the lines of like seven thousand princes in twenty ten. Jesus Christ! Convoluted, multiply by three for some reason. Wait, Ryan, you went to school with a princess? I went to school with some princess or like a countess or something. What was it like? Were they cool? You don't have to. You don't have to dox them right now. I mean, like you know, I, I know maybe like I don't know what the princess law is. Like, you know, if if you have to keep a secret. I, I don't but know. But do they either. have like servants or like do they wear white gloves? No, they're like a normal person, but they had to, would have to like leave and go to like Germany or something like that sometimes for like events. Oh shit, that's awesome. Wait, what the hell? Like I I don't think about modern royalty, I guess. Like yeah. what is their lives like? Rich people. It's just yeah, rich people. Yeah, crazy no, rich people, uh, you know, who are paying full tuition. Money. <laughs> I feel like Chris Pine, like in his notes for like taking any role. I feel like he has to have either an apple eating scene or a motorcycle scene. I swear to God. He should do both at the same time. Eating an apple on a motorcycle. Because I feel like he's done that Or bobbing for apples on a motorcycle. (laughs) Or eating a motorcycle while riding an apple. (laughs) There we go. Now we're done. He could do a John Malkovich, being John Malkovich type movie. (laughs) It's like being Chris Pine. And he also says, with all due respect, sir, in the movie as well. And I think uh, you'll have you'll have the ultimate Chris Pine experience. So you were like talking about sets and and kind of the the aesthetic of the film earlier with like the costuming. There are yeah. like for for the most part, there's just like a lot of like two camera stuff in this movie. But there's a couple scenes that are kind of artsy and a little inspired. Uh, like they have like some one point perspective Stanley Kubrickisms kind of in there. But there's also hmm. there's this one really cool shot of the bad guy where he's standing right in front of a dartboard and it's framing his head. And it's just like, it's just really beautiful. It's like a good shot, and then that, and then it leads into that scene, which is just like probably like my favorite scene in terms of like teaching kids lessons. Because he takes the dart and he like run. He's like, I can hit the the bullseye every time, and then he just goes ah, 
and like stabs it right in the bullseye. And his his nephew's like, that would be cheating. And he's like, precisely. That was like, a great That's a life scene. lesson. I wish yeah. someone would have told me that when I was 13. I think the good parts about this movie are kind of just proof of the example of you put enough chimpanzees in a room with enough typewriters. Okay. Because, <laughs> like, eventually some art is going to look good if you just make enough art. Yeah, well, this movie is two hours. It's two this hours. Movie, two hours too long. I looked it up. I thought I looked it up and I thought it was 90 minutes and I was like, ah, no big deal. I started at like 10 o'clock last night and yeah. then like an hour and a half in, I was like, whoa, wait a second. Uh-oh. <laughs> and I like pull up the time because the, the, I'm watching it on Disney Plus and I was like, oh, there's there's like an hour left. <laughs> there's an hour of gags. One of the gags that caught me off guard was uh, when, when they were at like kind of like this party and someone's like, and now a special treat from our friends from Asia and I was like, oh, excuse me. And then, like, they pan to this, like, what, blonde-haired, blue-eyed white dude who starts singing a song in Mandarin. Yeah. And I was like, who the fuck? And then we – do you, know, you, do you guys up? know who this, who this guy is? No, yeah, I looked him I, up. I had to as well. It's insane. <laughs> and it's amazing. It's a dude that debuted a guy that – did he move to China when he was six? Yeah. He's, he's, like, he's the first Caucasian pop star to find success in China. He sings all of his songs in perfect Mandarin. And he just, like, I think he's from, like, Los Angeles. His name's Johnny Blue. But he just entered the music scene in Hong Kong and then just, like, did completely all over there. And he entered, like, this, uh, this like, kind of Chinese, like, America's Got Talent and, like, just started singing pop songs. And people were like, holy fuck, this is amazing. It, like, became a humongous star over there. And, like, I guess he's just in this movie. <laughs> yeah, isn't that still kind of weird? Like, the they're, they're like, invited, like, one Asian person. And you're like, oh, okay, maybe this will go well. And then there's a white guy. And you have to Google it to know yeah. that the joke's not offensive. <laughs> it's kind of a miss in my book. It is, but I was like, it was so confusing because I'm like, his Mandarin is perfect. Like, he's not doing, like, some kind of really weird racist bit or something. <laughs> or it's like, I feel like he's making an, an attempt at this. Um, but, yeah, like, apparently he's like, he's like a really fucking big star. And I was looking a bunch into, into Johnny Blue. It's like a bizarre situation. So... I have, I have two things. There's there's yeah. one. There's like a YouTuber guy that that's like really famous for speaking Mandarin now, and he has like oh yeah, I know YouTubers yeah. subscribers, and he like gives five thousand dollars to Chinese restaurants in New York, but uh, that that's all boring. So like the other thing is that like you're talking about the music scene, uh, and I have no recollection of that, even though I watched it yesterday. <laughs> but the one music scene I do have recollection of is the Julie Andrews one, which just is like. Uh, Alexis was telling me apparently she had like throat cancer okay. or something, and yeah. this was the first time she sang in like thirty years. Yeah, yeah. That that number is no. Me off, okay, but. yeah, Joe. No, 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 no. That's exactly where I'm gonna go with this. Thank you for yeah. saying that example because I got in trouble. You guys, uh, <laughs> Julie, my my wife Julie, got legit <laughs> mad at me. Oh no! <laughs> for my, I didn't even intend it to be Julie yeah. Andrews slander. Okay, it's but, really unfortunate that it, your wife's name is Julie, and yeah, also you hate Julie Andrews. It's, so it's pretty funny. It, it causes some There's confusion. There's only one Julie in his book. <laughs> and because we were sitting on the couch watching the movie, and uh, my wife tells me, you know, this is the first time after uh, her throat surgery. She had a problem in her throat. She had to get surgery. It didn't go well. It's the first time since then she's been able to sing. So this was a big moment for, like, the crew and for her as well. And I was like, oh, wow, that's 
okay, like whatever. Not really caring that much. But and then <laughs> Julie looks up or whatever and she's like, yeah, so telling me trivia. She's like, yeah, so in 1997, she had the surgery. And I was like, oh, that's like less than 10 years. And apparently I said that really dismissively (laughs) as like, from my perspective, I thought it was like 30 years. Yeah. I thought like maybe since the 70s, she stopped singing and she was finally able to like get her life back. Maybe she's been like struggling for roles. That's a long time still, man. Fuck. No, 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 no. I know like seven years is a long time, but in my brain, I I was like, man, you know, this this woman was down on her luck for half her lifetime. Okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so apparently, I apparently <laughs> I got she legit got mad at me. She was like, "No, I'm seriously upset. You're really being mean." <laughs> she thought you were just like, "That's not that fucking long." Yeah, but yeah, she had like cysts in her throat. Yeah, I don't know if it was cancerous, uh, but I don't. I literally don't know. But she's still they, alive. They had to. Uh, yeah. Uh, they had to. Yeah, that's surprised wrong. Ryan. <laughs> I don't so know he all these can, things. He can still like, get his ass kicked by Julie Andrews one day. She was in these movies like sixty years ago. You never know. And she's like, probably watching this, and she's she's gonna come. She's gonna come for Ryan. Fucking come for. I'm gonna be on Princess Diaries three, and she's like, stop the movie real quick. Keep it rolling though. What's not Ryan? Let, let's be real. <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> but it's a critic's job to criticize. And that's what in I my retirement, I've been listening to this podcast that sucks ass. <laughs> Good boys gone blind. Yeah, I Fuck think you, Ryan. Fuck I think that's guy. one thing too. It's like I'm under no false illusions that what we do is good. <laughs> <laughs> How do you like it, you piece of shit? But it's another one. At least one... I'm making money. <laughs> During the Ella Enchanted <laughs> episode, yeah, I went on a rant about how I hate. Uh, scenes where the actors just stop and sing a song yeah and so this was a double whammy for me guys like that was probably my least favorite two minutes of the entire pandemic (laughs) well (laughs) okay well right let me let me ask you this the scene where the inspirational scene where mia's leading the orphans in a parade and break away by kelly clarkson starts to play (laughs) Did you at least like that scene? And she inspired the girl uh, to stop sucking her thumb and be a confident princess. Um, did you Did you like that scene at least? Did Julie Andrews do that? No, it was it was, yeah, but it was but... it was like a musical part of the movie where it's like I spread my wings and I, and then all the children are in slow motion and they're kind of like. Oh, I don't think I was paying attention. Oh, Guys, okay. you're still orphans. So I, me- I remember the orphan part where she goes <laughs> up and she stops the parade and everything. Like that. Dude, that was Abigail Breslin. Yeah, I know that's crazy. And wasn't her brother also in this? Yeah, she, he's the twelve-year-old suitor. That guy was a stone-cold operator. Wait, that's he's, Abigail Breslin's yeah brother. Yeah, yeah, I the love kid this from scene. Cat in the Hat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, it was. Oh my gosh. Yeah, because he he's like, excuse me, Chris Pine, may I have this dance? <laughs> I feel like that <laughs> like, kid was in everything. That twelve-year-old kid was in everything. Yeah, yeah Disney Channel stars just nowhere. It. I mean, if I made like ten million dollars at the age of ten, I would retire at twelve. I do not think that just... kid would be paying ten million dollars. Parents would have to dance around with Mike Myers and be this little playboy. That's a great I fucking, fucking movie. Kid. It's a cat <laughs> in the hat. Yeah, we'll do a Dr. Seuss season uh, soon. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I also heard this is on IMDb, so like this is take this with a grain of salt. But I heard Julie Andrews did her own stunts for the mattress scene. I heard that. Like, I heard... I, I, I saw yeah. that as well, and I was thinking, 
there was a couple pro Julie Andrews uh, propaganda yeah. in this movie, you know, and uh, I did think <laughs> that the mattress surfing was a, definitely a plus. Was that her though? Because they they literally cut. If it was her, they did it was cut weird. Yeah, I know they, they only showed from behind. Yeah. Show her face. It was very obviously a stunt person, but I don't know. I'm like the D, man. A, they probably had her like ride it, like she's like on her stomach and goes down it, and then they're like, "Well, now we can say she did it." And totally. Then, and then they just no, filmed it with no, someone you're standing totally up. probably right. Yeah, it's kind There's of a no dangerous way. stunt because like, too. imagine, could you imagine she like you know goes down on a freaking oh snowboard slope? She's breaking every bone in her body. Did you guys see the security <laughs> camera footage when the security guard is watching it? And That's... one of the guards at the bottom of the slide literally gets taken out by yes. one of the kids <laughs> right now. So was that scripted? I don't know. Because it was like a How side. A stunt person. That person hit the yeah. ground. It was like, because he got laid the fuck out on the solid ground, and I was like, that was kind of a big stunt. I hope that was for the real cameras. Yeah, that would. That's kind of dangerous. Like, I feel like some of these actors, even if you're on a mattress going down a big slide, like, you could really get fucked up on those, like. Those mega slides at state fairs, people, millions die each year on those things. Yeah. That, well, that whole scene is just like, again, this whole movie is just a series of bits that have nothing to do with anything. That just like, don't move the fo- movie forward. Uh, and it's just like, yeah, it's just confusing. And like, I like the worst one for me was like, there's a there's a guy in parliament and then randomly he has a brother who's an architect that's working on stuff. And. I can't tell if it's the same actor or not. And then they're just yelling that oh, they hate yeah. each other. He's like, I hate you. Yeah. Yeah, I hate why? you too. Like, I hate you. And then, and then you never see them again until like maybe the wedding. But I don't even think you see them sitting together. So no. it's like you can't even tell <laughs> if it's the same person or not. I feel like it was the same dude. I feel like it was edited weird because I think there was just some kind of weirdness in between those. But why include that joke in this movie? That's it. Exactly. Exactly. It has nothing to do with anything. It's just like a, it's like a who's on third bit. It, you know yeah <laughs> it's like charlie chaplin directed this movie and they're like yeah maybe he should have stuck to, to no and it's audio. not like they're like really pushing you know they're, they're hurting for content because this movie should have been 20 minutes shorter anyways somebody had to yeah, edit this and they were like this is the right length yeah there's a four-hour exactly. snyder cut of this movie there's a four-hour <laughs> snyder cut of this movie i think okay release it hot take i think there should be a snyder cut of every movie yes yeah, there needs to be a f- uncut. Jace, down in front. Oh, you can finish that. Th- I have something after this with the comment about the Snyder Cut. Please. Should I just go? Okay. Joe, did you choose this movie because it has Stanley in it and it's technically a part of the MCU? No, I chose this movie because the list you guys <laughs> gave me didn't include Bride Wars. And, and I chose Bride Wars when it was taken. <laughs> Second, my, my. would Mia Thermopolis as a superhero be... Mia thermonuclear lips and she oh. can... <laughs> nice thermonuclear lips. That's yeah. that's like an excellent so, thing. Segway <laughs> lips kissing. She kisses Chris Pine in this movie, and then they do the, she does the leg thing, and then yeah. she does yeah. it again. Leg pop, and they don't Another even mention throwback. it. It's a throwback. You it's have to throwback. have seen Princess Diaries one in order to enjoy Princess Diaries two. And I didn't get it when I saw it in theaters. I was like, "What is this leg pop? Is it a throwback to something?" And I didn't get it. I don't for think years. you. I don't think you remember. You were a twelve-year-old like, girl. What's going on here? With that. The focal point of the scene is the leg pop. Like, what is going on? I was asking my friends, and they they don't know. Oh, so. but Stan- Stanley, none of us saw that movie. 
Stanley's cameo does have a, a really funny name in the credits because I watched I was like watching the credits roll. Oh, and yeah. there, there's two interesting things about the credits. One, his his name is um, what's the joke he makes in the movie? Because it's like he's like from a different country or something, right? Yeah, but yeah. He, he makes this joke and it's kind of like, like Spanish speaking man or something like that. It's he an learned innuendo. to speak English from the Three Stooges. Three yeah, Stooges loving of... man or something like that. Yeah, that's like what a... it was. It was Three Stooges joke guy. <laughs> It was it was literally like it was Three Stooges joke guy and it was just like that's a weird name. But the other weird thing about the credits of this movie that I've literally never seen before in a movie, they yeah. put the cast in order of like location scenes. Huh. Huh. It was so weird. It wasn't like first it wasn't like in appearance of order. It was just like Lakeside a slum, scene. slumber party scene. And then oh, it was like what? the cast. Oh. And then it was like Parliament scenes wedding scenes it was just like that was the way they ordered the cast and i've never seen that in it's a movie actually before. probably it so not a bizarre. bad way to do it it's probably better yeah for like especially yeah. some of these just thinking about it from the disney channel's perspective where you have a lot of maybe actors or talent who are were in a specific scene and instead of being at the bottom of the list they're categorized in some way yeah that's true like you, you know they're like oh who was the person in that scene where they like yelled something the slumber and you can kind of like see who it was. I mean, I huh. bet she was like a Screen Actors Guild type of thing where they kind of just like, because they negotiate that shit too. Like, yeah, where I don't know you show kids up. Kids are the SAG members. Well, well, speaking, speaking of kids too, like, we haven't even talked about the security guard intern. Yes. Hilarious. Oh my God. <laughs> what was his name? <laughs> Lionel? I think, it was, I think it was Lionel. His name was Lionel. Oh, what and a He's like, hero. I take a bullet for you if, I, <laughs> if you wanted. Like what? That, what is his his plot? Like you you said, this movie has twenty minutes. It can cut. You can cut all of Lionel. No, from this movie. you can't cut a single second yeah, of you Lionel. Could cut Lionel. He has nothing to do with anything. The only time that really matters is the scene when he's playing chess and she's trying to sneak out, and they're just like, well, really incompetent. I thought it was funny that when they Joe handed off the mantle of like, uh, here you're the next security guard. He chose glasses. Shades. Yeah. He didn't even. Please. Oh, shades. Whatever. Paris. He didn't even choose Lionel. I thought that was kind of. A, I don't know if that was supposed. Why to be would a joke. he choose a high schooler? Shades so, like, has been stupid. there for like thirty years, man. But, like, He's not we give it to Lionel. <laughs> but like, Ryan, I didn't do you ever have like. Do you ever have like lawyer interns where you're just like, yeah. you know what? You should be a judge. <laughs> All right, kid. I mean, like, there was so many side characters with so much recurring bits. Like you guys said, like you have Lionel. You also have the two like assistants, or I guess they, they were like housemaids. But they kind of had their own Abbott and Costello type of like bits too, where they would do like these like 1930s oh, the oh, yes. physical comedy. <laughs> <laughs> because remember, I texted you guys. And I was like, "There's someone in this movie who has my London accent." <laughs> was that the person? Did you guys pick it out? No. No. It was the girl, uh, the shorter of the two. Uh, maids, chambermaids. Mm. Was it a real accent, you think? I don't know. I have no clue. Mine's not. And she said, yeah. <laughs> she was like, uh, Anne Hathaway jumps on the bed right when they get into her suite, and she goes, yeah. we just made the bed. <laughs> why Why is, um? because my, my girlfriend said that. She was like, would would a 22-year-old in 2004 really like this bedroom? Because it's so it ugly. I like the bedroom, dude. Yeah, I thought it's it was got a tight. Lot of space, but it's just just atrocious in terms of decor. I like. I'm. I've been getting more into maximalist decor. Like I'm kind of over mid-century because like it, that's been the last ten years. And now when I see like wallpaper and pattern shit and like tawdry bullshit, I'm like, fuck yeah. So I would love like, to have a royal ass, disgusting bedroom like that. Gold paisley, like uh, 
molding what's, what's, what's the word gold like some gold paisleys around your mirror like some some brass gold paisley frames for some glass mirrors yeah the, just the like all the clashing i just i liked the aesthetic of it out i guess outside of like royal stuff because royal stuff i think kind of grosses me out i think this is like a weird pro royal pro monarchy movie and i think that kind of gets to like the, our diamond conversation i'm like i wonder if they were just loaned just on on that accord because they're like this movie's oh. gonna make people like the royalty and think it's a good idea like and uh, yeah turn the eye away from the tax dollars <laughs> and shit because uh, this is like a, a propaganda film like do you, top gun do you remember the queen's name yeah queen amadel that's huh, you almost, star wars yeah it was uh, uh queen um it was not thermopolis you've seen two movies now and if yes. you don't know her name okay joe this hold on movies. hold on this is actually a really rinaldi. good point it's 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 queen rinaldi no, her first name. Fuck, man. Come on. If you remember Joe, Joe's name, but twice. you can't remember. I remember her name, and it is Clarice. You look at Clarice. It up. I did not. <laughs> I can see your eyes moving. You're reading a screen. Queen Clarice Rinaldi. Yeah, so I, I, was, I was watching this movie because we watched the first one last week, and I, yeah. I heard her get called Clarice by Joe, and I was Clarice. like, I thought her name was Grandma. <laughs> she like was literally never called Clarice, and then when it came out, it, it was it was from Joe, and I don't know if yeah. it's Joe's look, but the way he says Clarice gave me like serious Very Anthony animal. Hopkins, Silence yeah. of the Lambs vibes. Very similar cadence, but I think their chemistry is electric, dude. I think that shit is hot, man. Like they're dancing together, and he's like, "You're into octogenarians." That shit was electric, and then the bow and arrow scene between Anne and Chris Pine, where he's showing her how to shoot the arrow. No, I wrote arrow oh, in my pants. Ayo. <laughs> Did he? That's my note. Was, that's was my his note tip right? Scene. Sorry, that's not supposed to be. Yeah. Okay. So okay. No. 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 Did competitive archery for like four years. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, do archery hunt. I did archery hunting growing up and everything like that. And the that scene drove me freaking crazy because apparently everybody sits down range and they're just like, "Who gives a shit if an arrow goes <laughs> yeah. in somebody's neck?" Because imagine if that was a gun scene and she's shooting yeah. a gun and it is hitting like three inches away from people. Oh, like, sorry. Bang! Like one Bang! after yeah. another. And she's Bang! like, pop, 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 pop. Like that, that would not be funny. That would be like literally a yeah. psychopath. And it like hits like a vase right next to someone's head. And yeah. like, what, it doesn't like go through a bagel or something. And it, like, keeps, just... and it keeps happening. And you treat, she shoots a tire. You treat yeah. bows in the same way. It's a projectile. You would never, you never ever point at anybody downrange and like if you're a peasant yeah but what about the loose hand thing so Is so that and that's the other thing so that's actually really interesting because apparently somebody was on set who knew what they were doing because everything about the elbow down to the mouth uh mm -hmm. and the loose hand is one of the later tips you get it's not like the first one like the first one you realize okay here's how you pull it back here's how you let go hold it here and that kind of stuff the loose hand is kind of like, okay, if you really want to dial it in and be consistent, that's the sort of stuff you need to be doing. And you so, know, yeah, from it, a bioengineering perspective, that actually makes a lot of sense. It, because it, the, it, it legit the tighter is, you hold your muscles, the harder the steady state is. So right. like your muscles start to, to shake because of like, basically it, it has to do with nerve signals, but yeah. And like 
So, yeah, okay, well, great. That's <laughs> Maybe that's why I, I was a kid. I'm just and saying like, physiologically, there's a lot of science behind yeah, why I lose. Like, Chris Pine was right. You don't, want, you don't want angular force on the grip. You don't want to be squeezing the grip and imparting angular force with your wrist. You just want the string being pulled back into your hand to be keeping it in alignment. You don't want your wrists battling each other. And it's such a whiplash to go from like, oh, wow, they really know what they're doing, to like gags. And it made me very angry. But was Ryan Chris Pine giving okay? Very seriously. Yeah, yeah he <laughs> no, was he, giving okay advice. No, he yeah. gave he great okay. advice. That's what, Everything he said was legit. Well, she Chris hit the Pine, bullseye. In his defense, he wasn't there when she was initially shooting a bunch of people. Except he was downrange and he well, almost got the, shot in the head. He was. The, 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 holding he, it, <laughs> the holding it at your... Uh, yeah. There with a recurve bow is not accurate. It's supposed to be a natural motion. Okay. But, like, um, this depends on the bow. It depends on the person and what you're doing. But, like, uh, other than that, everything, everything was fine. Those are two different scenes. Recall. She yeah. had a whole scene where she almost murdered eight people. And then later on, when he's coming back to swoon her on a different day, right. he decides to give her the tip after yeah. she almost drills him in the head. Yes, but why like, does he like, not care? Well, he was probably there's probably a cut scene because this is again two hours. Probably has a Snyder cut. He's probably like, "Hey, I noticed you almost cut. fucking aced me back there. <laughs> like, here's how you shoot the target, and let's maybe move the target to the other side of the yard." He doesn't seem and very. Maybe bothered. that happened. He he continued reading after like seeing death flash before him in a split instant because that arrow was buried like six inches deep into the tree right by his head. But I liked the arrow scene. I just realized that there is a connection between the arrow scene and the dart scene with because her, with his uncle. Projectiles. Well, because like you know the dart trying to hit the bullseye every time, and then he teaches his nephew to cheat, and then instead of teaching her to cheat, he teaches her like you know. Wow. I'm trying to I'm trying to like put I'm something. She hits the bullseye. Coronation. There. But yeah, I mean <laughs> yeah. It, it is kind of interesting that there's a That's there's a, good a, point. a motif of bullseyes in I this don't, movie. Okay, let's be real. I don't think they realize that. I think they did. There's a lot of great callbacks. I think Anne, she shot the bullseye and then undid the shitty parliament law at the end. Because at the end, she she kind of makes a motion and she's like, hey, this law sucks. You mm-hmm. guys all suck for supporting it. Mm-hmm. And then the guy who like really advocated for it, he's like, I was an idiot. She mm-hmm. should not have to get married. And like she hit the bullseye, man. She made a perfect speech, maybe. I, I respect what you're like, doing, but it reminds me of when high school teachers make shit up about motifs yeah. in books. This, this, is a, like, this is no, a I chimpanzees a and typewriters situation. <laughs> you think they recorded okay. uh, 18 hours of movie? I think and then you just... could have made a, a, an argument for the bullseye if there had been a giant bullseye at the bottom of the mattress slide. <laughs> then, <laughs> then there's a rule of threes there. But so far, we only have two bullseyes in the movie. Fuck. Can you imagine if, if Julie Andrews had done her own stunts, but she was wearing one of those Velcro suits and went down the mattress slide and just like landed on a Velcro it's, bullseye? And stuck on the... That'd be insane. You think insurance would pay for that? No. For, for that in a movie? Uh, do you guys want to get into our, our meters? Yes, For this please. sucker? Let's do it. Uh, we're going to do our Ann, Ann meters first. We're going we're gonna to rate the... Uh, how much Anne was in this movie? You know the deal. Is that what we're, you landed on? Because I, I literally only listened to the first episode. Usually I know yeah, what, do what, you think? Your, what your your name is for your meter. What do you think? I mean, I I, I kind of pitched Hathawometer, um, but I figured we thought Anne meter was like if a good... If he comes like, up you have with a... a good one on episode seven, I'm going to be so mad. Yeah, and, what, and what you, guys, you... you guys are like pretty far into the season, but it's not all released yet. So like, I just need yeah. to know if you've made the go-to Anne Hathaway joke too. 
uh, what is what's the, what's the go to? It's like Anne hath a will, Anne hath a way. When a, when <laughs> where there's a will, there's a way joke. Yeah. There's a hath a will, hath where a way. A okay, will, the, hath yeah, a way. Was, that's pretty good. Yeah, uh, that's that's too highbrow for ideas? our audience. Yes, it's a little yeah, it's a little verbose. Um, we're we're more of pants jokes. But but yeah. you did settle you did settle on Anne meter we just I mean, let I, denali say the first thing that comes to mind at the start of it because we didn't really settle on one so i mean well, well, how the, about this this one is the the royal engagement oh shit that's fucking good Put how that in engaging the was subtitle. this movie the the royal engagement engage the it's a gauge too it's oh, an oh engage. fuck a gauge it's a tr- we it's forgot a about we forgot about the word gauge because we were spending like an hour in state of the podcast trying to find another measurement device yeah you're welcome Eight the royal engagement. <laughs> All right, it'll work for this episode. Uh, Jace, wait, who's who's the fir- Jace? You, you've been doing it first. Yeah. What you got? I don't know. I watched this movie today. Oof. Oh man. One of my favorite scenes was at the end when she gave the address to uh, the parliament at the wedding, and um, the I want to say chairman, provost, the uh, the guy, the 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 support uh, yeah. in the situation comes up to her and he's like, "You want to look at them sternly." And she's just standing there, and it's like the perfect like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. blue steel. And she's then, like, Ugh. yeah, and then and then he's like, not that stern. <laughs> and then it comes back, pulls it back off a bit, and it just that scene reminded me that she was doing a lot of physical acting and uh, really being herself this whole movie. Um, volume, obviously, there. Uh, I don't know. I think like a seven. A seven. A seven. That's a solid number. That's not bad. I don't. I don't. For her her performance itself, nothing really detracted me from it. But it wasn't. Uh, I don't think it was as impact as. Uh, <laughs> not as, not as big of an impact. Yeah, not as big of an impact as Princess Diaries one. Well, half it your way. Um, Joe, I'll have you. Uh... That's a callback. <laughs> What's your what do you what are you thinking for the for the uh, the engagement? It's tough because I think in a bubble this this movie uh I, I know you you've had another guest host on and and um he watched the fifth airbud yes without <laughs> this poor watching man. four airbuds before it right and you gotta wonder airbud <laughs> Air five in a bubble that's a movie but if you've watched four airbuds before airbud five mm-hmm. your your score is gonna go lower and lower unless airbud five is avengers you know, which is why Air Buddies is a thing that exists. Uh, yeah, with Air Bud season. I think you could do an Air Buddies season at this point, but I digress. I, I think this movie is worse coming off of the first one because I think the first one is a totally passable movie. And you know, keep in mind this isn't like a this isn't a Disney Channel original movie. This is like a Disney in theaters movie. Princess Diaries, I feel as a movie, is up there with like Lindsay Lohan and in the parent trap. Like it's that kind of movie. It's it's a totally passable, good, enjoyable film. And Princess Diaries 2 felt so much more Disney Channel than Disney theatrical release. And it, it was just like a, a massive dip in terms of like how it takes itself seriously and having a coherent plot, which should be like the bare minimum of a movie. Like that's the bare re- requirements. Uh, this was just a series of gags. I, I felt like I was watching uh, a movie on TikTok you know, mm-hmm. so it, it was it was just like it was like each scene was just me scrolling up to watch the next bit. Uh, <laughs> That's why I liked it. 
Yeah. And then once my algorithm is trained, it's like, oh, you like princesses and uh, <laughs> and bow and arrows going into into things like tires. So it's just like, uh, you know, if you like and princesses a surprising and amount of horses. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, speaking of which, we, we didn't really talk about that. The leg bit I thought was pretty funny. I thought the I, I thought it was fun. Yeah, I thought that was good. There was a, a wooden leg, leg. And, and a horse thing is kind of it was, it was a little goofy, but. I like, um, I like that scene. I don't know if you've ever tried to ride a horse with both legs on one side. Probably not the easiest thing to do, considering you could just have one leg on each side of the horse. <laughs> so I, I think, like, by itself, maybe maybe a seven, like Jay said, is, is fine. But considering that this is coming off the heels of Princess Diaries 1, which is so much better, I, I'd have to give this more like a, a five or a six. And And again, from last time I was on your podcast... You know, I don't really do the whole numbers rating thing very often. Mm-hmm. So this is a, a really hey. unique situation. I don't think this movie landed in terms of making me feel what it wanted me to feel, which was engaged. I was engaged for like maybe 20, 30 minutes of the movie. And I was checked out for like, <laughs> you know, the other hour and a half, which is exactly how long the movie should have been. Well, to be clear, this is your and meter. Because we do a movie meter that's separate. Oh. Um, so if you have if you have a separate... And well, you can just score. you can just cut this in I can post just cut, and just okay. flip well, I mean, flop them. But I, yeah. I think Anne really sells the movie. I think a lot of the performances yeah. in this movie sell it. And considering that she's the main character in the movie, uh, Anne is really what sells the movie. I, I think even this movie in general was just like, oh, Anne Hathaway is popular now. We should make Princess Diaries two and cash in on 134 million dollars on a 45 million dollar budget. So I think yeah. Anne Hathaway is selling this whole movie. Uh, and she she brings it the best way she does in all of her other movies. I'm I'm just like so surprised to watch a movie like this and see Anne Hathaway like take it seriously and and deliver lines that are super cheesy in a completely sincere way. So I I, I guess I'll, I'll give it a seven or an eight somewhere somewhere in between there. All right, uh, seven or eight, and then Ryan, what do you got? I I really don't know. This is like an enigma for me because like it's so hard. Enigma. Please stop. It's so hard. He's on to, fire. <laughs> it's so hard to uh, separate the Anne from the movie in this, right? Because it's about her. It's one of her early roles, and she's reprising a role. You know, I really can't knock her all that much. You know, except the movie sucked. So I, I've started to come up with this new rule where I can't give somebody that high of a score if they don't elevate the movie and. This movie is so much about her that I can't really like say that she elevated it if the movie sucked. So I'm gonna have to go with like a, I don't know. Let's go with a four. You know, you, she was in it, but she wasn't in the editing room, and that really is gonna knock her score down. It's not even <laughs> you don't that. Think it's that like she like carried the, her scenes. No, I really don't. She kind of like, I don't know. It's a Disney movie. She's supposed to like overplay it, but like I feel it's well-worn territory, you know. We so you settle on a four. Yeah, is that right. I'm just going. One. Okay, all right, fair enough. Right, this is what we what have. If you were, we have what a four if you were ten and walking mm-hmm. into this movie instead of yep. collateral. Yep, exactly. Oh, zero. Kind of without without seeing the first. Absolute one. zero. Seeing a different tune, I think. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think you guys all have have fair points here. Um, I, I honestly, I really like this performance. I mean, this is kind of she is reprising a role, like you guys said. Um, but she, I think she is kind of advancing the role a little bit. With Princess Diaries, the first one, it was a very gag-heavy, very goofy, very on-roll. Uh, but at this one, I think it's a little more restrained. 
the subtext is that she's matured a little bit. This has been five years, and she's been kind of doing the princess thing for a while, and she's kind of a little more confident. She still has that original Mia goofiness, but I think she it's a little more restrained, it's a little more realistic. Like, it's more mature, and I found her more relatable because of that. The one thing that kind of threw me off a little bit about the first Princess Diaries is that I'm like, okay, this isn't like a real person. She's just kind of, it's it's a very like in-your-face performance. I think she pulled it back a little bit in this way, and it kind of came off, um, like you said, Joe, like very sincere. Uh, this was kind of a very genuine performance. It's hard to deliver some of these lines in a way where it's believable, and I think she really nailed it. I don't think another actor could have done it with this movie. This whole movie hinges on her selling this idea that she is just this awkward teen thrown into this scenario. And I think she fucking nails it. Uh, there's a, One thing I will say is that she's not in the movie, I think, as much, which is why I, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dock her a little bit compared to the first movie. I'm going to give her a nine. I'll say that. Whoa. I think this is a very good role for her. I think she did great within the role. I don't think the movie needs to be stellar for her to have a high score for this because she's not in charge of the whole movie. I think for what she was hired for, she she accomplished that mission. I'm going to dock it slightly just because I think the, the movie's focus was spread out a little more. Um, besides her, there was a lot of side characters, a lot of different things going on in here. But I think it's a pretty good and performance here. Um, this is coming off. This is her last, I think, princess movie until she makes that um, the the Anasance where she's kind of doing these critically acclaimed adult oriented movies. Um, but you know what? It's a good send off. I would love to see her do a Princess Diaries three. I would too. In that movie, hate to break it to you, she would end up getting married to and having children with the musician. Wait, in oh oh in in that so isn't she would... even in this movie. You think you think that's gonna be the plot where she gets back together with uh, with Jake? Well, that's how the actual story goes. Wait, really? But, yeah. And then the books? They were yeah. going to make it, and then the Wait, there's really died. a book series? I thought that was a joke. No. No, that, that it is based on a book. There is a story. Yeah. Well, I actually think that, that that gives a lot of room for an interesting plot for Princess Diaries 3 because her mom is an artist that royalty married an artist, and then they, they kind of ran off into San Francisco. So, mm-hmm. you know. You think that was a shot at her her bio mom? Like when Julie Andrews was like, nepotism's for the arts, not plumbing, and you think it was a shot at at Anne Hathaway's Ooh. mom in the movie. That's brutal. Where she's like, she only has a career because of because we're royalty. You think that was kind of like a subtle fucking... Now maybe maybe the character's expanding a little. Maybe maybe changing Ryan's tune to, with Julie Andrews. I mean, you saw that subtle. giant warehouse they were living in in San Francisco. You think Insane. rent's cheap there? Yeah, exactly. Fucking billionaires. Uh, Jace, what'd you think about this movie as a whole? What's your movie meter? Um, what'd you think? Yeah, I thought it was a fat stinker. <laughs> um... But, at, I mean, at the same time, I realized we are reviewing a movie for, you know, 10 plus or minus four years, you know, for the target audience. Um, I think the first time I got a real genuine hearty laugh was the moose scene that killed mm-hmm. me. And there was some there there were some emotional scenes before that that were, you know, that moved me. But I don't think that they captured what they had in Princess Diaries 1. I agree with Joe. The like the scene and the setting and the way that it was enacted and that we were supposed to be in a different country, but the queen has a British accent and the subjects all sound like Americans unless they're Italian or Greek. Like you can, you can rein that in a bit, even for a movie for teenagers. Like, um, and that kind of just, I think it's like with that, with the country is kind of like an amalgamation of bits and it, 
didn't really didn't really hit that well but i thought the movie had some great messages as far as yeah pushing society forward Anne hathaway acting in a way that she needed to become a ruler or a queen and grow in and of herself um I don't know if I already said my name. I'm, I, I wrote down two earlier. I'm going to give it a three. I'm going to give it a three. <laughs> Generous. It's like... What'd you give? Yeah, PD yeah. one. Do you remember? I think I gave Princess Diaries one like a seven. Yeah, I, I think gave, we like PD. Yeah. I gave, I liked Princess... I liked, the, I liked the first movie. I liked parts of this one, like Chris Pine and Anne Hathaway. I enjoyed their performance together. I enjoyed their chemistry. Um, and I enjoyed The Uncle. But like having a two-hour movie that I had to pay attention to and be engaged didn't happen. Thank you. <laughs> didn't it did not happen at all. Instead, he was enraged. Nice. Okay. I was kind of empathetic. Anpath- Keep it going. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I feel empathy for your view as well. So. And, and it, he uh, was so frustrated with it that he came onto this podcast and he was very animated. I feel annoyed okay, with this bit, bit already. <laughs> Okay, Joe, what do you think about this movie? I mean, you already kind of gave a little bit of it, but do you yeah. want to just restate? Or? I already said it. I think summing up with, uh, piggybacking off of what Jace said, is that like the ideas presented in this movie are, are really um, interesting. Uh, I think it presents the ideas really well, and I think it, it has some really fun messages and some kind of important messages, especially considering it was 2004. You, you didn't really feel like uh, that was really present a lot. That said, yeah. there's also a scene like this is really empowering for 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 women, but there's also a scene where two women who are maids literally put pans on their heads and start like pots, like big kettles <laughs> over their heads and start singing Pharaoh Jaca to distract a queen from looking out a window at a woman who's hanging from a vine. <laughs> and so this this movie this movie really wants it both ways, and I think that that's what makes it suffer. Is it's just like there there's gags in here and some of the gags are funny and some of the gags aren't and it just really it just really distracts you from the from from really some of the more heartfelt moments in the film fair enough and what what was your overall score again well earlier i gave it like i think a five or a six is what i said uh okay but that was because i thought jace was giving it a seven and not anna seven uh I, i think now that i know jace gave it a three uh I'll, I'll probably stick with a five instead of a five or a six. Probably, probably <laughs> All right, fair enough, I do dog. think that, like, you can watch it can. And, and, and laugh. But you can't watch it all at once and laugh the whole time. <laughs> uh, Ryan, what do you got, uh, man? What do I got? I need... Give me a second. I'm going to grab one of my friends over here to help me through the rest oh. of this episode. My, oh, that's I'm fine. Get my friend Rosie is her name. You get that's to fun Rosie. for everybody... But the editor of this yeah. podcast. <laughs> Wait, her name is Rosie. Oh, is, is she a uh, Order of the Rose from Genovia? Nice. Oh, nice from the first movie. Yeah, I, I don't even remember the Order of the Rose. It's for the people that uh, you know. They were going to have to. Yeah, they were going to have to take her to jail. And then the queen was like, "Please, police officer and bus driver who were just crashed into, oh, that's and right. the lives yeah. of all the people on the bus were put into peril. I'll give you a medal." Yeah, and then she okay, makes okay. it up based on a street name in san francisco i would have liked to have seen them were they at the wedding that would have been cool there were a few there were a few nods to characters that i was not uh not quite sure why yeah ryan's got his guest i have Uh, my guest rosie she's six days old she is a little baby chick and she's my favorite of the bunch 
Oh, it's okay, girly. Can you t- tell them apart? Yeah. Like, she's do they actually, have markings? So she that... has, she's very calm. She's shaking. She's nervous. She uh, has well, a problem with Rosie her feet. to introduce herself. Oh. So I can identify her. I can pick her out of the crowd. Hopefully she pooped uh, we'll recently. Have... <laughs> did Rosie see the movie? Rosie did not watch the movie. I watched it before she got here. I don't think she would pay attention. Hey, girl. Well, uh, well, Rosie, I mean, please introduce yourself. And then I guess uh, just kind of what are your thoughts? Like, what are your thoughts about? I know you haven't seen it, but like, do you would you have an opinion to kind of kind of put in? You've been listening to the conversation, obviously. All clammed up now. Wow, huh? okay. Oh, it's OK. I mean, it's 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 hard. Like, it's it's no, hard she, to do. No, like, she's podcasting. talking. She's talking. It does not get into my sensor. Oh, sorry. Rose. OK, cheap once if you like the movie. Well, there you have it, folks. That's that's a thumbs down, I think. I mean, there was a chicken chasing scene. No, she's she's literally like, okay. it's not coming through Discord, so yeah, this this bit will work. Yeah, she she did cheap. It's funny because it only registers when Ryan is talking, <laughs> so you can. I hear think the cheeping. filter comes through the cheeping. Hey, okay, it's okay. Do you need it's a chicken. Okay, Rosie didn't like the movie. Yeah. She's telling me this right now. She didn't like the movie. Yeah. She's she's rating it a two because there was a social justice aspect. But uh, she didn't like she didn't like the rest of it. Everything sucked except the feminism stuff was cool. So they get the bonus point up from yeah. the up from the base of one, and that's that's all amazing. I'm gonna you say. could I'm gonna put you... Rosie back. <laughs> Thank you, Rosie. I would have liked to have known Rosie's score in uh, out of a dozen. Well, right. Do, I mean, thank you for Rosie's score. First of all, it's nice to have like kind of a, a wide her, by the way. representative I, I panel. Okay, hundred percent. Okay, fair enough. I mean, you don't want to give your own. I mean, I want to open the table for she you. She literally too. said every She's, single okay, word. Okay, that took going the words out of your mouth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Perfect. Well, uh, you know, awesome. Uh, I do feel like you're kind of stacking the votes a little bit, but that's okay. Uh, as far like as as this like as far as this movie goes, for me, like I'm, I guess I'm gonna kind of go up against the the mainstream grain here, and I actually like this a bit more than the original movie. I'll say that straight off the get go. Uh, I kind of liked Wrong. the tone of it a little better. It didn't feel so much like, um, I mean, the first one kind of seemed like a Disney Channel original movie to me. Um, I feel like it was a little goofier. And this one, I think, toned back the goofiness and kind of upped the stakes a bit, which I actually enjoyed. Um, I liked a lot of the cinematography and the sets and the costumes. There was more characters playing in the movie, um, which I found entertaining, uh, even though the gags were kind of disparate and kind of had weird, you know, tonal energy with each other. You know what? I had fun watching this gosh darn movie. It was definitely too long. Two hours is insane for children to watch through, uh, especially for a movie like this. Um, I might watch the Snyder Cut if it's four and a half hours long, just out of curiosity, but this should have been a tight 90. I think the the villain was very funny <laughs> in this movie. I think like a villain either needs to be understandable or hilarious in a movie, and I think uh, in a way it was both. Um, I like the messaging of this, but also I think 2000s cheesiness, particularly in comedies, I think is its own flavor. Uh, kind of like 80s action camp or like 90s satire. It has its own unique flavor to me that's fun to watch. So kind of like the really wet, like in-your-face humor to me is kind of nostalgic and fun for me to see. So I think that's kind of why it hit for me. So the reasons why it was probably a miss in 2004 is probably the reasons why I like it now. I mean, it's kind of like why I like watching like Predator now, even though it's kind of like a cheesy movie. It's just like there's there's aspects of it that I think give it a fun flavor. Um, so for me, I'm going to give it a seven. OK, it's it's a flawed movie. It's not perfect, but your boy liked it. OK, so you liked it more than Princess Diaries one. I did. What did you give Princess Diaries one? I don't I think I got it. Gave it a seven a 7. as well. Five. 
7.5? Okay. If but you I'm give not this a very... fucking movie an 8 right now, I, it doesn't because based on what you think... actually said, I will leave. I'll disconnect and I'll end the recording, <laughs> and I'm not doing an episode next week. <laughs> I think eight, 8 would be too high, but I, I did enjoy this more. And maybe it's not as good of a movie. I'll so say you that. Gave it, you gave it a 7. I gave it a 7. So you gave it a 7. Seven. Yes, thank you. Is he that what you're waiting, waiting for this whole time? <laughs> no, I, I literally just thought of it just now. I, I just, I just want to keep writing it out. So if I gave it a one, you would have been, oh, you gave it a win, win. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, a two n. All right, we did it. We rated Princess Diaries two. Uh, let us know what you guys think. If you've seen Princess Diaries two, it was a freaking big movie. You know, I think a lot of people saw it. It was two years afterwards. Uh, but thank you, Joe, for helping us digest this movie. It was fun having you on. Uh, do you want to plug anything uh, while you're on? Like, like, yeah. yeah. I mean, do you want to plug yourself? Do you want to like shout out your your IG or whatever so people can check you out? Yeah. So right right now, I'm just making some uh, comic book. I got. I'm a big comic book collector, so I've been doing some comic book uh, collection stuff on on TikTok and Instagram, and now I've been doing some comic book uh, analyses. I really, really like comic reviews. There's a lot of comic book reviewers out there, uh, and I think that's great. Mm-hmm. And they talk about the series and stuff. But I kind of just like focus on like one specific thing. Uh, I just did one last week on the Flintstones comic book, which is actually yes. about uh, existential dread, uh, putting F- Fred Flintstone in the in the face of like, hey, what is animal cruelty and uh, uh, unethical labor sources? So kind of like interesting stuff like that. Just kind of a little bit of a deep dive. Uh, that's at Comics Coda. Uh, comics c-o-d-a uh, i'm on youtube instagram and uh tiktok so yeah you can check me out there and uh yeah hope hope you enjoy those yeah i dude i'll say like i fucking love your tiktok videos i really like the uh the flintstones one but your your swamp thing i think is your first one i think is also like one of my favorites uh with swamp thing for president <laughs> like i think that was amazing um oh, yeah thanks i appreciate that and then i i do do all of the the music myself for the channel too so uh, all of the music on there is original, and uh, just do it all on my computer. So, yeah, Joe's multi-talented, un- unlike us. Unlike us. So. <laughs> we don't even have one talent. But with that, Ryan, you got the synopsis next week. Me? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I thought it was off. We... I thought it was Jace. I don't think this was a Ryan's good idea picking. because we haven't watched Hoodwinked yet. Oh no! <laughs> I loved hoodwinked when i was a kid well that's the that's why i want to watch it because it's absolutely atrocious she's not she's not really like a if you're not gonna watch batman because she's the main character she's red well yeah but how long is she really in the movie that's that'll that'll impact the score okay if we if we can already have this banter then it means it's a good pick i'm picking hoodwinked i think the o schnitzel line in hoodwinked is automatic 10 out of 10 (laughs) (laughs) like oh schnitzel it's just like the i yeah it's up there with Spoilers. Make All the Boy go- Moose Go Wong. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm psyched. I haven't seen Hoodwink since it came out. It's got everybody. Sweet. Well, uh, join us next week for Hoodwinked and uh, first animated, fi- animated film uh, where she does voice acting. So that'll, that'll be cool. I didn't realize that was her. Our as first animated it. film. Is it? Yeah. No, wait, we did uh, All Dogs. Oh, all dogs that's good. Oh. good catch. I watched that one. Yeah, but that was an animated dog movie. It wasn't like an actor. <laughs> That's <laughs> That's true. An so. movie. <laughs> Those dog actors were good, though. Uh, sweet, guys. Well, we hope you guys will join us next week um, as we round episode eight of The Institution. We decided. Joe, what do you think of Institution? Do you like, do you like that one? Yeah, I mean, uh, I have this like grand vision 
for yeah. drawing every room of the house you guys were stuck in. And then you went to a, ho- a hotel, I think. So yeah, that, mm-hmm. we went on vacation. It, it was hard to come up with and more And now metaphors. you're at the institution, and I'm just wondering, is that a yeah. house adjacent still? or are we're you... in a, It's a Hathaway house where we're yeah, coming we, off we of Hathaway terrible house. movies and yeah. have to transition back and then for, into like normal movies. Have you guys um, watched The Hustle yet this season? No. What? That no. Is. Mm. That's the problem. Mm. We don't know Food what things are. Is that a movie? Food for thought. Okay, you, you, is that a suggestion for the for future episode? We we don't cement these. Well, you guys only um, have two episodes left. So we it's do. Like okay, two yeah. <laughs> Let us know what you guys want us to watch, guys. Uh, just find us. You you guys know how to get us nowadays. The internet. They're not um, gonna rate our- us. You can keep this in there. I know they're not gonna go on Apple and hey. rate us. <laughs> We can't Fuck. be. We, listen, we're not. We can't pressure them. They can rate us evil. Actually, don't rate us. I, you know, I bet. You, I bet you guys aren't smart enough to do it. Speaking yeah. of ratings, there is one last thing I wanted to say as guest because I yeah. did Please. notice that during the Princess Diaries episode, Jace shouted me out, uh, and there was a review that you read of Princess Diaries <laughs> by okay. someone named Joe on Roger Ebert's website. Oh wait, I think I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and then Jace perked up and said, Joe, and you said it's pretty undeniable that that was probably Joe that rated this movie uh, and, and gave it this weird score on, on uh, Roger Ebert's website. And I just have to say, what what year did that movie come out? Um, 2002? 2001? I would have been like, I would have been eight logging on to that website. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's so... Pedantic and infantile. <laughs> Uh, so it definitely, it definitely wasn't me, but I, I would have, I would have given it some, I would have given it four thumbs up back then. Yeah, you would have, you would have rated it high. General mm-hmm. Grievous thumbs up. General, General Grievous Gr- thumbs up. <laughs> oh, excellent. So I, I just wanted to leave with that. I, I just had to clarify yes. that was not, I was not that Joe. And if there's any Joe Thank I could you. aspire to be, yeah. it would be the security head of Genovia. Hell yeah! Well, thanks for for coming on, Joe. Um, and as always, uh. Lana got coned, oh. I guess. Or, oh, what's another? What's another? How did they? Why didn't they throw that back? How did fucking Lana got coned? <laughs>